When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up and welcome back to another kind of funny in review MCU rewatch. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I'm joined by the Texas Treat Latino Heat clicking heads and ripping them to shreds. The globe trotting, head shotting, rooting, tooting, three point shooting, nitro rifle from twitch.tv, Andy Cortez. Man, you brought your A game, brother. Oh, brother. (laughs) Halfway through, I was like, I don't remember the rest of these things, but we we landed that point. I feel extra good about it. Isn't that right, producer slash seducer? Nick, just make up whatever you want to say. Andy's been totally cool with that. I've I've said all sorts of stuff, and he's like, that's That's canon now. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not true. Mm-hmm. No. His Wikipedia looks like a, a Shakespeare poem. <laughs> like a Shakespeare poem. That's where he went with it. This was a long oh, day. It's a, this, yeah. Let me just make all the excuses for Nick right now. It's It might be a rough one. He's the yeah. one running the plot. Yeah. We had Kevin, a long day today. So Kevin, please give me the one. When you have a moment, please, give me, mind. please give me the one. He just walked in the room. Because <laughs> I'm not going to take this, okay? If anyone's ever read Shakespeare, that's exactly what it looks like. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a Romeo sonnet, Julia, right? 4442. Yeah, Pentameter, okay? <laughs> you don't I'm already in. I'm in. You don't want to agree with Nick. <laughs> and Dang, making this a, side of the table smarter than the other side of the table. A very rare guest appearance on In Review we have from New Rock Stars, Eric Voss. What's up, yeah. everybody? Oh, thank you, thank you. I'm yeah. still like going through your intro. Like I want to break down every little thing. In the Whenever I see a Marvel Studios intro, I'm always like, okay, we're going to spend 30 minutes going through every single shot in this. And, yeah. yeah. Can you I just say we're going to be really good friends? Yeah. yeah. You guys oh, are. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> same, same, same type of mind for sure when it comes to that he's just much better than me speaking of that eric one of the reasons we're having you on right now is a couple days ago i got to be on new rock stars i I was on inside marvel that was a ton of fun now you're here but you're here to promote your new project the deep dive that's right new rock stars and i are launching a new channel on as part of the new rock stars digital studios network called the deep dive it's just going to be uh we're launching february 17th it's only going to be me just breaking down movies in a new specific way that I just call deep dives. And I understand a deep dive and a breakdown are pretty analogous terms. They all, they all mean the same thing. But I think once we launch, people will see how we're approaching it differently. Rather than just going through a list of Easter eggs, mm-hmm. we're, we're diving into specifically what is the director's hidden agenda that may be subconscious even to themselves that's evident through specific directorial choices that they make. And, you know, for example, Everything Everywhere All at Once is going to be our first deep dive. And we look at how it's a love letter from Daniel Kwan to his mother to tell the story of the multiverse through the eyes of an immigrant mother trying to find her way home. Mm-hmm. And that's something he doesn't really talk about that often in interviews. But when you rewatch this movie, the way I'm rewatching it with you, you will see how clear that is. So it's just a little sample of the kind of thing that you're going to be seeing on the Deep Dive channel. We're just going to be doing one of these a week. We yeah, rank I abs on this <laughs> I, have a, I have a very, a very uh, another, uh, maybe not so smart question for you. 
But have you thought about kicking this off with the abyss? Deep dive. I think we got to oh, do a Jesus. Cameron series, but <laughs> we keep talking about. It. I was waiting. No, I was it's, waiting the whole time. Talking about that stupid joke. Water joke. Will we only do a uh, dive? Uh, movies that actually have water Free in Willy. it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Avatar, no way of water. I love that. Probably. Avatar 2. Not Avatar 1. No water in Avatar 1. <laughs> no, no, no. Avatar 2. No, no, no. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So go support Eric over on New Rockstars for all of the, the Marvel movie breakdowns and all that stuff that you'd like. But now subscribe to the deep dive that is going to be Eric's kind of baby that I'm really excited to see. Uh, excited to see everything everywhere all at once. Uh, deep dive. All that stuff. But enough about all of that. You're here. You're on our show. And this show is Kind of Funnies in Review. We're each and every Every week, we get together to rank, review, and recap different movie franchises. If there's a movie you love, a movie you hate, chances are we have reviewed it, we have ranked it, and maybe even rewatched it. Because we always do that leading into the new releases of movies. Obviously, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, coming to theaters so soon, just a couple weeks away. So we're doing our Ant-Man rewatches. Episode 1 came out last week. You're watching episode 2 right now. Next week, we actually have a double whammy for you for in review. We're going back to one of my favorites of all time, Magic Mike, baby. Magic Mike's last dance. Are you ready for this, Andy? Oh, my gosh. I, I mean, every time you remind me of it, I kind of die a little bit. Like, I, I don't want to go watch this, but I want to be in the room with you, yeah. which we've heard. We The tickets are already purchased. We're the only people in the damn theater. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Hopefully it stays that way. We could throw our own little party in there, Tim. Yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a ton of fun. But that'll be going up at the regularly scheduled time for in review. And for Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania, we will be reviewing it live on the Friday it comes out, and it will go uh, public to everybody immediately after that. Um, of course, you can watch the show on YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny or RoosterTeeth.com. You could also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny in Review, and we will be right there for you. If you want to get the show ad free and if you wanted to watch live as we record it though you got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny just like our patreon producers trent barry james hastings colin huguenel and casey andrew have done we appreciate all of you so much and nathan lamoth can't forget about you uh today we're brought to you by shady rays and honey but i'll tell you all about that later let's get right into it ant-man and the wasp not quantum Mania, just ant-man and the wasp now i appreciate this title because it's the first time we get the kind of like super comic booky mm-hmm. team up, team of up. like yeah. together, and like there's rumors that Deadpool might be doing a similar thing with Deadpool and the Wolverine cool. uh, coming up for three. But I think that's pretty cool. This one was released on July 6, 2018, making it the 20th MCU project. It is pretty wild to think. Kev, can you bring up the rankings right now on the the front TVs? What we're at 40 currently. There have been. This was the 20th project. We are now. 40 projects in to the MCU, counting all of the Disney Plus uh, projects as well. So pretty, pretty wild to think about. And also thinking about the timing of this movie. Infinity War happened April 27th, this July 6th, then Captain Marvel March 8th, and Endgame the following April. So like this, this and Captain Marvel were those weird two ones in the middle. Weird gap. Between yeah. Infinity War and Endgame where it's like, whoa, that's a, we all want to know what happens. And we're taking some, some detours here and there, right? Uh, I'm sorry, I just went somewhere looking at your ranking, and I have so many, so many quibbles with, with your decisions. <laughs> We're not going to get into that. You're the We're only one. You're the only one. You know, you're, no, no one all of does. us don't agree with this list. The way that it works, it's, to, it's a democracy here. Okay, so there's a voting enough. process, yeah. and because of that... We're all very, very ashamed. Yeah, if, if Tim has a movie at three, and Nick has it at four, and Greg has it at six, but I have it at 15... 
and Kevin had it at 16, it'll be six. Whichever wow. one, like, it's one of those. Sounds like th- there's a lot of gamesmanship and, like, numbers. And there like is. A, there a, is. I mean, as long as your only issue is the fact that uh, we have Incredible Hulk over Thor, which is an absolute abomination, then hey. there you go. Hey, we're living fine. in a dark world. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This one, though. I'm sorry, I'll leave. <laughs> had a runtime. No, you're going to fit right <laughs> uh, This one had a runtime of an hour and 58 minutes. Uh, Peyton Reed, the director, insisted that the film clock in at under two hours for two reasons. He said, I knew we were going to be following Infinity War, which was going to be this massive, massive epic, but most importantly, just because this is a straight up comedy. And it's an action comedy, but it didn't want to overstay its welcome, which I really do appreciate. And this really is more so than most of the MCU movies, a comedy. Like the other ones have comedy elements, but this one is like, I think focuses on the humor more than anything. Uh, Once again, directed by Peyton Reed. We talked about this last time. He does all the Ant-Man movies and he did bring it on, which I think is very important for everyone to know. Uh, I don't I mean, I'm sure, Tim, you probably brought that up in one year out the other. I don't remember that at all. I brought it up, you know, last week. And the first time we reviewed Ant-Man. Wow. And the first time we reviewed Ant-Man. The you know, here we are. We're learning something new every yeah, I've day. I've been sick. I was sick. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, but yeah, then uh, once again, Christoph Beck doing the, the score for this movie. Love the Ant-Man theme. I love how it can get big and get small, just like our boy. Mm-hmm. Fantastic stuff. Budget of $195 million. Box office of $622.7 million, which is a weird number to talk about because that doesn't sound like much for an MCU movie. It sounds like a lot for a normal movie, but keep in mind that is a hundred million more than Ant-Man won. But compared to the movie surrounding it that I named earlier, Infinity War at over two billion. <laughs> then Ant-Man the Wasp, 622 mil. Captain Marvel, over a billion. Endgame. Captain Marvel over a bill. Wow. Mm-hmm. Captain Marvel is in the billion billion club. But you know what's know weird that. about Ant-Man the Wasp? It did not release the same weekend in the UK that it did in the US because that was summer 2018. The World Cup was a big deal in oh. the UK. So a lot of our UK viewers for our like quant- our Ant-Man the Wasp content were really pissed off saying that we were spoiling everything. I'm like, dude, the movie's been out for three weeks. And like, dude, move to America. It has not <laughs> been out here, brother. So that might have skewed the box office. I would imagine a lot of the UK viewers didn't go see it or didn't bother because they already knew the plot and it seemed so inconsequential. Maybe. Spoilers, it didn't come home that year. They, every year, England always says it's coming home. Trophy's coming home. No. It didn't come home. Sorry, England. No. Sadly. And then, yeah, obviously Endgame at almost $3 billion. So yeah, looking at Ant-Man and the Wasp, $622 million. Sounds like not much, but it, it is. It is it is a lot of money. Um, so with that, I do want to ask a quick question. Do we think that Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, is going to cross a billion dollars? Yes. Yeah? yeah. I, think, I think easily this will cross a billion dollars. This will hit the billion mark, especially after you telling me that Captain Marvel even hit a billion. That's really, really shocking to me. This is going to hit a billion only because this is further tying everything in together, and we're going to get more a Daddy King. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this movie. This movie is going to talk to me back in it. Talk to me in a year, Tim. I will. Pizza bet one point two six mil or two six bill. Okay, one point two six bill. Yeah, very specific. Pizza two six. I'm gonna. I, I I think it has a good chance because this is the first Marvel movie in a few years to play in China. And like that's a big deal. Really? Like Marvel that's movies even got him back in. Yeah, Shang Chi didn't even play in China, oh, that's and that's bullshit. a huge, huge audience. So I think worldwide box office could be pretty big for Quantum Mania. I think it's definitely going to be the biggest of the three. Yeah, Wakanda Forever didn't even hit a billion, right? Mm-mm. 
Yeah. No, but I mean, I think a lot of these uh, COVID era and post COVID era titles, like they can always say, "Oh, not a lot of viewers went," because in this country there's a huge uh, outbreak. I mean, in China right now, I think they're on the tail end of a pretty bad bad surge. But that didn't that didn't stop. I think they're the box office fortunes for some other movies. So think of all the people also accidentally buying 3D movie <laughs> tickets for this movie. <laughs> like, there's right. going to be a lot no. of 3D expensive tickets for this. I, movie. And yeah. it's funny because we were talking about this, and uh, I think it was you, and you're just like, "Yo, they're promoting the 3D a lot for this," and I was like, "Oh, they always do." promote the 3Ds or 3D posts and stuff. But you, I was wrong. You were totally right. Every Ant-Man trailer, they're pushing, every commercial I've seen, they're pushing 3D, then breaking out of the letter. Yeah, they're doing the weird thing where they, yeah, the black bars at the bottom and like Kang's in front of it going, yeah, join me in the theater. They look like the old GIFs on Tumblr where you would see people like have the person walk out of the letterbox. Yeah, very, very weird. Like every every week when I'm watching The the Bachelor because I'm a good person, um, they, during the commercials, it'll just be like, watch it in 3D. And it's just like, I can't believe we're in this world again. Thanks, James Cameron. Yeah. Um, But... Nick, do you think it'll cross the billion? Uh, yeah, I think it will. Yeah. I think it will. I'm hoping it will because uh, I like this series. I like this franchise. It's fun. There, especially these last two, and I can't wait to talk about this one. Uh, but looking at that list, I was like, can't remember if we put this above the original Ant Man. And I remember, I think talking about gaming the system. I remember thinking like it should go like one above Ant Man, and it did. It did. That's where it it's currently okay. at now. Do you but think it- it'll hit two billion if Kang takes his shirt off? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, Great question. <laughs> that's not a Thank good question. You. I don't think it'll uh, be a two billion. <laughs> but <laughs> will he take his shirt off? I, <laughs> I mean, you, there's that one shot where he's punching Paul Rudd, and his arm is showing. Like that's like we're getting there. Yeah, they're we're doing it. There. All right, good, good, good. <laughs> uh, Nick, I don't want to hold you back here. Let's get right into it, what we thought about this. This is the first time that we've rewatched this movie. This is one of the rare MCU movies that came out when we were first doing MCU in review. Mm-hmm. So we we covered it. Only when it was in theater. So we have not seen it since. What's your thoughts now? I don't know that I had watched it again since we th- saw it in theater. So this might be my second viewing of it. And I had a great time. I like the Ant-Man franchise. I like the. I, I like that it's not as, um, well, I'll just put it nicely. It's more simple than a lot of the other movies. And obviously it's a standalone movie that he gets to team up with uh, Wasp in this. And that's great. Uh, I like the vibe of this. I like the humor. They keep it lighthearted. It's very innocent. It's very sweet. It's a lot about you know. It's it's about family. It's about parents and and and, and children. Um, and we get a lot more of Michael Pena in this. So I'm very excited about that. I'm hoping he's uh, is he in the next one? He's in the next. I don't one. think he's going to be in Quantum Mania. Oh, no. Or if he is, Which it's going to be it's Michael Pena, Luis. Oh yeah. And to he, me, he's the best part of he those is first the best two part movies. of these two movies. Um, yeah, I just really enjoy these movies. They're again, I, if you're. Looking at where they're ranked, they're about mid midway through our list. That sounds about right, right? The stakes on this aren't too crazy until we get to the very end. And by the third act, you're kind of like, mm, okay, I see why we want to keep this kind of short because we really don't give, we really don't care too much about any of the protagon- or, uh, yeah, antagonists rather. Um, but you know, I like, uh, I think uh, Evangeline Lilly and Paul Rudd have um, have great chemistry. Better hair. Uh, well, her hair is real in this one. I'm sorry, her hair was <laughs> real sorry. in the last. I'm point. sorry, guys. They're, it was always been real. It's always been real. She's never worn a wig. It's a wig spiracy. We're on a wig watch here. <laughs> exactly. But no, but I, I thoroughly enjoy this movie. It's just, it's a fun one for me. Eric, what about you? I, you know, I, yeah, I just rewatched this. It's weird because like this, all MCU movies are living in the present for me because of, for my job, I'm always like going back to look at specific scenes. So the only thing that confuses me is what order they all happen in. So I kind of, ha- I'm like unstuck from time and time is a flat circle in the MCU for mm-hmm. me. But what I do like about it is it is the MCU's The Big Lebowski, I think. Like you have 
the dude. You know, he's he's wearing a bathrobe for most of the movie. He's it's a shaggy dog storyline in which he is arguably inconsequential to the plot, at least from an emotional place. He's really the facilitator for other people's emotional needs. Uh, uh, Scott Lang is, and then by the end, he just kind of makes a full circle, and within two days, he's back to where he started, and he hasn't really changed that much. Like the other characters who have changed are like I don't know Hope. Uh, Luis has changed, I would argue, more than Scott has. Cassie has changed more than Scott has. He's just kind of, he's lovable. He's really fun to watch in this movie, but he's just the dude abiding for like yeah. one hour Fair. and 58 minutes. Tim and gets it, that joke now. And it, I do. I watched uh, Big Lebowski for the first time last year. Yeah. Changed my life. <laughs> I mean, I, I think they're onto it. I think Peyton Reed knows it. There's a shot where he's like bowling inside the house. Like, I think it's it's like his Interesting. love letter to the Big Lebowski. And if mm. you go, if you don't like this movie, if it's not doing it for you, go watch the Coen Brothers, the Big Lebowski, it's a better movie, I think, at the end of the day. And I think where this movie fails is where it, it lets go of trying to be Lebowski. It's trying to be a Marvel movie again. And then you feel like it's it's betraying what it started out being, which is just kind of a carefree, like, romp of just characters mm-hmm. just kind of fumbling around. And you don't you never meet the antagonist. You don't really know what their big schemes are. There's this Sonny Birch's buyer. You don't really know what Ghost's deal is by the end of it. I don't think she's that interesting of a villain, personally. Um, so Not particularly. I, yeah, I think it's fun. I, I don't. It's fun. Yeah, I don't know where we have Ghost on the Ragu Bagu list, which is our bad guys list. I don't. I won't Ragu even explain why guys. the name is called the name. Greg yep. uh, Miller. I won't even, Yeah, I won't even explain it. Um, I, I, I think this movie's like super unremarkable. I, I hadn't watched it since way back in the day. I think I may have ranked it above the original Ant Man when we first watched it in theaters. Upon a rewatch, man, I was just kind of bored with most of it. I don't think the humor picks up for me personally. Until about maybe the second half of the movie, I feel like early on there's a lot of jokes that just feel kind of maybe easy and of their time. Like they don't really, and when I say of their time, it was only like four or five years ago or whatever. But uh, this movie just kind of felt a, a little off to me, unfortunately. And then the introduction of Ghost, I think, only kind of weakens it. I, I just feel like all the whole villain plotline feels super inconsequential. And the only reason why we have... Um, it feels like this. We watched all this movie to get to the post-credit sequence of watching them get mm-hmm. snapped, and it was all to fix their ghost friend, which is what he says at the end. Oh, we're, I'm here in the quantum uh, verse to fix our ghost friend, and then everybody gets snapped, and suddenly, who gives a shit? We forgot about what happened to Ghost. Well, after five years, you have to assume she's dead. <laughs> There's no possible. No, way. you gotta wait. She's baby. coming no. back in yeah. Thunderbolt. Yeah. Right? yeah, Kev, can you uh, pull up the picture I sent to assets, please? Um, so yeah, just I, I I feel like if we were to re-rank it, I would definitely put it lower than the original Ant Man. I think the original Ant Man is just a lot more consistent in mm. uh, humor and plot, and and then plus we have a chase scene in this movie that feels like it was the whole second half of the movie. It was the whole second, half of the movie. <laughs> but but one of the, I think one of the, my arguments originally for oh wow yeah. oh wow which Very it's cool. like I like you know four of them. <laughs> I thought I don't were, need to see. I thought there were rumors that she wasn't gonna be a part of it. That they made like. Totally cut her out. We'll see. I, I heard mean, those yeah, rumors too totally. that she might be moved to what is it, Armor Wars or something? Yeah. yeah, but we don't know for sure. But I mean, there's a couple people. Where I'm like, maybe you move them to Armor Wars too. <laughs> Just like that's, I like a lot of them in the Thunderbolts. But I'm like, really? That's going to be a. I, from what I'm hearing about the plot of that movie, it's going to be a cool plot. It's just I don't need Black Widow too. Yeah, personally. Yeah. Tim, where are you at? 
Um, I, I'm kind of in a, in a weird place where I'm much, much higher than you. And I think that rewatching this, uh, I, I find this movie hilarious. Like, I think that I was laughing the entire time. I was thoroughly entertained. I think I look still at it. Still laughing at all the Louis stuff, by the way. I just want to. Uh, which the, I think is like, yeah, better he's great. The first. Like he's somehow great. them That's using cool. the truth serum and like the, like it being Sonny Birch, like all the way they did that, I thought was incredible. Um, I was laughing the whole way through and like Paul Rudd is just just perfect like he's just a perfect human being and seeing him act as michelle pfeiffer in the quantum <laughs> entanglement like this movie just understood what it was doing when it came to the humor for me where it's like quantum is a funny thing entanglement's a funny thing paul rudd's a funny guy let's just get him in situations that's going to be funny and like on the comedy level i i think that this is like top tier mcu humor i think it's the funniest mcu film i didn't even think about that the, paul Rudd is doing impressions of everyone like he's doing an impression of luis when luis is doing the that it's montage gold. It's, and it's it's just so fun to watch them play with each other like that so the the humor uh, i think is is top tier for me the lore implications for the mcu as a whole the quantum tunnel the van, all the setup stuff that we later see in Endgame. When I first watched it in theaters, it kind of just felt like, oh, they're just coming up with a solution for time travel that we'll get to eventually. But now having the context of knowing exactly where it goes and now knowing that Ant-Man, one, introduced the idea of the size, right? And then Ant-Man 2, a lot more of the time travel stuff gets like hinted at. We see that in action in Endgame. And then now we're getting to Ant-Man 3 that's like, Breaking open time for like the multiverse. It's like, damn, they did actually a really good job with this movie of making it matter to the universe and count with a, a lot of clever things and elements that are now kind of just standard for what we, what the vocab we use when we talk about the MCU as a whole. Where I think this movie really, really, really fails and why I do think it's properly ranked on the lower end overall mm -hmm. is the plot itself. And the villain is, is, is bad. You asked where it is in our rankings. Uh, uh, it Ghost is number forty-two in our F tier rank uh, for for the the villains. So F tier, yeah, F tier, yeah means uh, what does F stand for in this tier? Fail. Okay, okay. Oh, it's just no. normal ranking tier. I don't like know what you're like ranking her on. How hot she is? A B S A B C D. Sure. As a villain. As a villain. Okay. We have our list of the. God, I don't. It's not even worth. It's not worth explaining. But there's also a lot of people on this list that aren't a part of the MCU. It's not your fault, Eric. It's not your fault. Yeah. Like any confusion you have or anything we do here is usually traced back to Greg Miller. Here's an example. I'm gonna give Eric the top five villains on our on our Ragu Bagu list, which stands for Rad Guys Talk Bad Guys. Give the bottom five where we're Star Wars. Yeah. On it. Uh, you know, I'm going to explain to you how we do this here on this show, all right? We we have podcasts within this podcast. One of them is called Wigging Out with Scarpino, where Nick goes on rants about wigs. I don't like uh, hair. One of them like is Rank hair. Those Abs, where we rank where people's Nick abs. Um, <laughs> also abs. a Nick thing. And uh, then we have one called Ragu Bagu, which is Rad Guys Talk Bad Guys, where we rank the bad guys of the MCU. But Greg Miller is usually in charge of that one, and he thought it would be funny to not just have MCU bad guys, but also when we started doing other movies like the X-Men movies and the Spider-Man movies and the Star Wars movies to <laughs> rank those bad guys with these bad guys, how Greg Miller remembers them, not how they are. Or how they get autocorrected in his phone. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so let me just give you an example. And then we, we have this long list, and then we, we have them by tiers so that uh -huh. we know, like, what, what tier bad guy I were think. they? Okay. So our S tier, currently number one, is Thanos uh, from Avengers uh, Infinity okay. War. Then number two, the Vulture from Spider-Man Homecoming. Wow, okay. We're big fans of him. Okay. Uh, Namor from Wakanda Forever, we also really liked. MJ. Mm -hmm. From Black Panther, but mm -hmm. notice he put down MBJ. He did not put down Killmonger. <laughs> yeah. All right? That's Michael B. And okay. then next up, we have Bacon Guy. 
Who do you think bacon guy is? <laughs> That's a great question. The bacon. I'll give guy. you. I'll give you two. I'll give you two possible solutions for this. All right, two possible answers. One, Kevin Bacon from Okay uh, X Men Days of Future Past. Okay, first class or first, first class, class. Excuse me. Or two, the guy from Civil War who ate bacon for breakfast. He's, yeah, I don't remember the guy who ate. Oh, the bad Zemo. guy. Oh, okay. Zemo, Zemo did eat bacon. <laughs> <laughs> I assume it's probably him. That's exactly it. So but yeah, I, for whatever, I would never list him for as whatever bacon reason. Guy. As Greg is going through the plot, he's like, "Yeah, and the fucking bacon guy." So it, he becomes bacon guy on the list. I'm so sorry about. Yeah, that. and so so yeah, number seven is bacon guy from Captain America: Civil War. The only note is Tim sucks written yeah. next to that. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, and then Thanos from but Thanos from Endgame is number eight, and the only note there is period boys for life. Oh, oh man, they're both wearing yeah, red shirts. Now now here we go though. Is going back to. Uh, the first question nope. I asked you: Who do you think Bacon Guy is? And number number five, we have Bacon Guy, aka Zemo from Civil War. <laughs> but at the number one spot of our B tier list is Baconator from X Men First Class, yeah. and that definitely That's was Kevin Greg Miller, talking about Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So I apologize to everybody. Everybody. I involved. think everyone in existence should be defined by their adjacency to. Bacon, right? Yeah, so, yes. Or there's the breakfast food in general. Yeah, is, isn't yeah. it like six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but just yeah, six degrees of actual bacon? bacon. But yeah, so bacon. in our F tier, <laughs> the lowest tier possible, we have alongside um, Magneto and Phoenix from X-Men 3, alongside um, Apocalypse from Age of X-Men Age of Apocalypse, we have the lady from Ghost. Which is Ant-Man to me more. Not Demi Moore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whoopi Goldberg. God, I hate Greg so I hate much. him so much. And the last one I'm going to read before we, we move on from this is um, The Vision from Solo. <laughs> okay. Whose name is Dryden Voss. Yes. Right? Yes. yes. Who is Menber the Crimson Dawn. Of course. But he's not in, even in a Marvel film. No. That's not but No, he's, he's not. He's Vision in, in another movie, and Craig threw that. Yeah, yeah one time Vision threw yeah. that parallel. Fair we really are Solo, we accidentally put it in this list for whatever reason, yeah, so he's the Vision from Solo. So, again, I'm there, And thank right? you all of you watching the live stream right now for bearing with <laughs> us on that as I got caught up. I'm now caught I'm, up. Thank there's you. There's got to be a couple people out there that are as confused as you are, so don't worry. <laughs> I know Including I Including us. I know I am. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Good call, good call. Anyways, let's let's. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm still talking here. Yeah, I think that the villain is the weakest part of this the movie, yeah. like by far. And the plot itself, I think, is is uh, simple to its detriment. Where especially coming after Infinity War, there's just something about this that doesn't feel like it, it's that important plot wise, and all that stuff is eh, really like yeah. bad and does uh, bring it down for me. But I do think that the comedy more than makes up for that. The lore stuff more than makes up for it. Paul Rudd can't wait to see him again. I love all these people. All the people in this movie, fantastic. One one last thing that I'll say that's like gonna kind of shit talk the movie a little bit more. I feel like this could have been a Marvel one shot. I was just about to say that. Like it a, feels like a, a one ten shot. to fifteen minute one shot that we kind of get like, oh, now he can go big now. So keep that in mind for the next movie or whatever. Yeah. Like, here's some quick little things. Here's uh, let's get this. Let's make sure we have this quantum tunnel kind of in the users' minds, in the viewers' minds, so that that way they're not too confused Man. whenever. Endgame happened. Y'all are crazy. This movie could have got 30 more minutes tacked on top. Of it. We get a little bit more of Lawrence Fishburne's backstory. Bada bing, bada boom. We got the best Marvel movie. Larry ever. Fish, baby. Larry, Larry Fish. Fish. That is one of the things, to Tim's point, though. I mean, you have you have Lawrence Fishburne. And obviously, he's not a bad guy in this. He's just sort of like middle of the road the entire time. 
they don't really do too much with him. And it's kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. I love that guy. I love watching him act. And Ghost is just sort of like, they try to make her a sympathetic character, which we all, maybe they listen to our podcast and they're like, we love uh, bad guys who are, who are sympathetic in their own <laughs> world. Uh, but, you know, it just, fall, it just falls short. Sure that's exactly what it was. Nick. But yeah. what, one of the reasons why I do like it, though, is I think, and, and this is bringing me back to my original argument for why we should put it a little bit above Ant-Man, is that the the... The gist of this movie, or the, the real hook of this, is how creative can we be with the shrinking and enlarging and stuff? Yeah. And this one, they were like, let's go 200%. It's really No good. pun intended. They were, the building shrinking is hilarious. The Hot Wheels I pop for every single time because I had that little thing when I was a kid. All that stuff to Three me makes... Three foot tall Paul Rudd. Come on. There's yeah. nothing fucking funnier than little Paul Rudd. Little Paul, Hobbs <laughs> Paul. Like, is, he's so good. So, so funny. And he has to do so much work physically. The the physical comedy that Paul Rudd's doing, he ran down like a seat, like doing a green sleeves. screen set with long sleeve <laughs> and intentionally like has to go one step at a time like a little kid getting out of school. They, they made a giant backpack for him and he like struggles with the weight of it. Like it's, it's so Which funny. he shouldn't because he's Ant-Man. He's strong still. Yeah. <laughs> the small yeah. They're still like, ugh, no. <laughs> <laughs> has to put it down. But all that stuff makes for a fun two hours come on come on. i think it is fun i think it's fun it's just inconsequential and yes. we're so used to in the mcu everything being consequential and important and the only consequential stuff is like the post-credit scene in the quantum tunnel and that's that's about it yeah that's fair but i feel like the, that argument can be made for a lot of the standalone movies sort of oh, in, yeah. in the middle of like in the middle of the phases right like you, i you, think so yeah, yeah you get you get into these ones you're like we're really these are just fillers for the bigger avengers adventures but as far as that goes this one I did not mind rewatching again. I was thoroughly, I was having fun the entire time, especially when he gets to the part where he's like scooting on the the steak bed. I'm like, yeah. all right, come on, someone's having a good time here. I enjoyed it more this time than last time, and I think that that's I'm happy with that. Also, it's also fun to see all of San Francisco because they really shot a lot of that stuff in San Francisco. They did. Really cool. Oh yeah, yeah, it was that was super cool. Um, but before we get into the plot, let me tell you about our sponsors. Shout out to Shady Rays for sponsoring this episode. Look how cool I look. You too can look this cool. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and so much more. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. They'll also provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order and have donated over 20 million meals to date. That's fantastic. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back exclusively for y'all listeners and watchers right now. Shady Rays has given out their best deal of the new year. You can go to ShadyRays.com and use code KINDAFUNNY for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. These are five star rated by over 200,000 people. Again, that shadyrays.com use the code kinda funny shout out to honey for sponsoring this episode honey is the easy way to save when shopping on your iphone or computer and thanks to honey manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past and we all know there's nothing better than the feeling of saving money honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart when you check out the honey button appears and all you have to do is click apply coupons you wait a few seconds you see the fun little dancing guy honey searches for coupons and it finds you the best ones and then you just watch the prices drop we here at kind of funny have been using honey for years and it's helped us save thousands on tech costumes food you name it honestly i just love how easy it is to just set and forget and save that's the best part honey doesn't just work on desktops it works on your phone too you just activate it on safari on your phone you save on the go if you don't already have honey you could be straight up missing out you can get paypal honey for free at joinhoney.com slash kind of funny that's joinhoney.com slash kind of funny 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And now we're hearing the plot. So wait, you're not going to do I'm not going to do a plot. But wait, I thought... I mean, they, I, you don't normally do plot, 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 but no, we Greg's don't have Greg, it's yeah. a whole thing. Yeah, it is a whole thing. Nick, hit us with the plot. Plot, 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 plot. We are. Okay, thank you. Well, there you go. Andy put his hands on the keyboard and was like, it was perfect. I don't need to, I don't <laughs> I need to, need to add in. anything to it. Oh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, here's the plot synopsis for Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quote, your daddy went to Germany and drew on the walls with Captain America. Which, can we just stop for a second? We talked about how much we, we love haven't this movie. started. We all agreed. We all agree that we love this movie and that it's probably very too far down on the rankings. It's a perfect film. That's what we all agreed. <laughs> Randall Park. Oh, great! Oh, he's a lovely. God is just a treasure. Yeah. And when we get to the end of this film, no future spoilers. We get to the end, and he wants to be best friends with Scott. Yeah. That little it's date great. that they schedule—it's so, it's so sweet. <laughs> and then in Wandavision, when we see him do the close-up close up magic, magic. it's just come on, man! It's wonderful. Story. This universe is special. It's this very is. special. Uh, of course, we're not quite there yet. We're starting in the '80s. We see Janet Van Dyne, uh, who has just incredible de-aging technology on her. All of oh, the yeah. stuff here looks really, really, really good. Agreed. Another. I don't know how they would have gotten around. That's another critique of mine. Those I don't love when he takes over for her later in the third act, or I guess end of the second act when he becomes her. I wish they had come up with a way to actually get Michelle Pfeiffer back on screen because she's only she has like two minutes of screen time in this entire movie. And I, I that. you're right, yeah, she's not in it a whole lot. She's not really. I'm, I'm sure she'll be. I think she's oh, yeah. not in the next one, right? Yeah. But like Michelle Pfeiffer is fucking awesome. And oh I, yeah, you know, loved her ever since the '80s and ever since Batman Returns. Um, but anyway, my criticism. Cool to see her here, and she's like, "Yeah, we're just going on a last-minute business trip," and it's like, "Oh no, you got to go into a nuclear ICBM missile through the ti- through the titanium shell because we can't." Could, you, could they have gotten bigger and ripped the panel off? I don't know. There's a lot a lot of decisions are made game time. Yeah, they could have gotten big and just sat on it. And yeah, it in the ocean. <laughs> you never really off know. the telecanil down there. Um, <laughs> what happened with that ICBM? Right, I want to know the backstory of like how did just a rogue ICBM get fired off? And he said you saved thousands of lives. I'm like in '87. No, those nuclear warheads could kill they like hundreds of thousands yeah, they were of people big. if it hit a city. That was a city. That was a, <laughs> the city's gone. See, that's a one shot. We need that. Where, where you at, Disney Plus? <laughs> we need the backstory of that missile. <laughs> but cool to see this also. Um, you know, there it is. Uh, and then we catch up with Scott, uh, who's there and back again, man. Uh, oh, sorry. Well, Hank does it off of plans for the quantum tunnel. Oh, he thinks, right. We get we get this weird scene with, with him and Janet where he's like, I think I can save your mom. Here's this insert scene that we shot because it didn't make any sense that we were working on this quantum tunnel. Here's the quantum tunnel, everyone. And then we get the, we get catch up with Scott and Cassie. Um, In a perfect scene. It's no notes. Great. I love this, man. Like, there, can you imagine being Cassie and your dad's fucking Ant-Man and he spends his time because he is under house arrest building the greatest interactive escape room ever like I, it's just so cool uh and we were introduced to of course the uh the the goal for this escape room the the treasure at the end of the the maze is the trophy his trophy for being world's greatest grandpa grandma 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 me, love hilarious it. love it and great uh, foreshadowing right because yes. that's where he hides his suit he said it never leaves the house and that's why it never leaves the house, house. 
Uh, Luis is there, and they run, they're running a security company now together, which is great. It's great to see his character growth. Uh, the X-Con. X-Con. <laughs> X-Con. Name, yeah, actually, did not catch that. That's funny. Uh, unfortunately, uh, let's see. They're trying to land this big deal. They keep talking about the deal with the, the Vel- Mr. Velcro or whatever the name the guy's name was. No, that was from the last movie. I forgot what this guy's name is, but it's, uh, it's very Russian. Yeah, it's a, it's a long name. Uh, who, 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 what is the name of the person they're doing deal, deals with? I got it at the Tony end. Tony Birch? No, 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 no. Hold on, I'll find it at the end. The one they're trying to get the security contract with. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I kept seeing it in the subtitles, Nick, and I was like, I want to remember that name. I failed you, Nick. I wrote it down one time, and instead of running it at the beginning where we could remember it, I wrote it at the very, very end. Oh, great. So everyone, stick around for the next Oh, wow. Five minutes. Wow. That's foreshadowing. Uh, but don't Google it. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, after this whole cool elaborate thing, Scott trips the perimeter alarm by accident, and then Randall Park and the Fuzz show up. He is now an FBI agent. Uh, Scott is really into close-up magic, which is hilarious. Uh, but You it, actually it, learned it. Paul Rudd, really? yeah, right. I actually had to learn the magic. Master of his craft, wow, he really is, and good abs. It's just fantastic. Where was he at? Number like number six on our ab rank. Who can tell? Man, I up who there. Who can tell? Who can know? <laughs> <laughs> There's no way to know. Jim's <laughs> got all that stuff. Uh, we set up, of course, that the, he's only got three day le- three days left of his house arrest, and of course, every great action movie. Somebody's either retiring at the end of two or three days, or they get out of jail at the end of two or three days. They can't pull that last. They got thing. one more job. They yeah, got one more job. We're getting too old for this shit. Uh, she goes, "How come you keep messing with my dad? Why do you have to keep messing with me?" He goes, "Well, you know how you're not allowed to draw on the walls. Well, your daddy went to Germany and draw the walls with Captain America, <laughs> which is hilarious." Then he gives her a very elaborate, uh, you know, just spiel about how his dad's broken a lot and all that stuff. And it's which it's really again, funny. it's it's important. We often talk, especially now, of like, but what about the general moviegoer? Like, what are they going to do if they didn't watch WandaVision? And it's just like... It's, I always it's, sound like that when I do exactly it. exactly what yeah. Andy does. Uh, but that's how they do it. It's just like a couple lines of dialogue. Hey, this Wally is what happened in Civil War since the last Ant-Man. Like, yeah, he right. did other things. Let's catch you up. Let's move yeah. on. Which is important. The movie comes out after Infinity War. So that's the war, the Marvel War in everyone's head in the, the time when they're seeing this movie. But like, so Civil War was like a distant memory. So they need to remind everyone this is before Infinity War, technically. It's like a month before the events of Infinity War. So they need to catch everyone up. Like, that would be the most important thing in their minds. Also, I don't think Peyton Reed knew all the details from Infinity War when he directed most of this movie. Right? Yeah. So he's yeah. like, Randall, we need you back for 30 minutes. <laughs> Just a quick little insert there. Uh, we also get a, a little throwaway line here. We're also looking for hope. And Hank, they're on the lam too because of their violation of the Sokovia Accords. And I'm I, hazy as to why they're fugitives. Can any, does anyone know? Could the Sokovia Accords required all the superheroes to register with the government. Right. So if they didn't, then they're in trouble. So they just run. They're just become instant. Also, shoplifters. They got they got <laughs> arrested for shoplifting. Nick got it. Seven Eleven. Yeah, Seven Eleven. Yeah, I've done that. I've been there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Scott. Uh, let's see. Passes uh, time with more close up magic and karaoke while he plans for a big pitch and is still jacked out of his gourd. Jacked and yacked, as we like to call it. Yatted. Excuse me. Jacked and yatted. As there it is. Don't, don't wink at don't me. Wink. They can't see you winking. Why are you winking at me? Just for you. It's just for you, Andy. Just so you know. Uh, but he gets flashes of the quantum realm every time he takes a bath. He sees through Janet's eyes as he, play, he plays hide-and-go-seek with a little hope back in the 80s. Uh, it freaks him out a little bit, so he leaves a message for Hank apologizing again for everything. Uh, we get a, Obviously, we're, we're starting to set up here that there's a rift between them uh, because he went away and uh, became a fugitive in Germany, uh, so we can assume. Uh, then... He's like, ah, oh, don't worry about it. Never mind, stupid, whatever. And then the next day, he gets darted and wakes up in Hope's mini car. And this is the first of many mini cars we're going to see in this. Ah. And it's great. Uh, she puts Scott's ankle bracelet on a big ant who's programmed to replicate his daily routine. And man, I wish I'd wrote, written down what she says about him because it's the most biting 
and just accurate to me when I'm at home thing that you've ever seen in your life. It was like four hours of rock band followed by like with, sitting in front of the TV for three hours or whatever. It is. It's not that hard. Just tearing into the Fruit Loops, right? Yeah. yeah. So Half-eaten box of Fruit Loops. <laughs> do we think that the ant ever got deprogrammed or do you think he's some, in someone's house right now just running that same just route? doing that. Yeah. <laughs> is. is this a movie that has a post-credit scene of him? Yeah. 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 He's and, still drumming. Somewhere. But you get the point where you look into the poor ant's eyes and he's screaming, help me. I oh, yeah. Get out of this. Yeah. You know, wait, it's, like the, it's like the people in WandaVision that are stuck in the town. It's exactly, just like, yeah. get me out of here. Tears torture. coming down their eyes. Yeah, I mean, it is crazy to think. Like, yeah, that ant was caught in the snap. And he survived. Yeah, he's just So he would have just been there drumming. Five years. <laughs> Going through the circle every Dad day. Dad can't leave the house. You know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, one, one line that I really... That made me laugh very hard was the uh, you may have entangled with her and he goes Hank I would never <laughs> <laughs> I would never do that to you I would never do that to you <laughs> that's a great line that is a very good line <laughs> uh, they head over to Hank's new lab which is broken down and it looks uh, really really janky he's like oh man you guys are on dire straits and then they walk in of course and it's all just he, who cares about the outside the inside it's incredible um, I love this inside by the way it's all like toys that have been Enlarge. Like there's like yes. erector set pieces, there's paper clips, there's Lego, but not official Lego bricks because mm. it doesn't have the Lego logo stamp on every yeah. little Disney Disgusting. doesn't own that yet. They got some <laughs> Duplo they don't own that bullshit. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, those are always the toys. Those are always the ones that somehow made their way into your Lego collection. You're like, where did I get this from? Yeah. It so doesn't big. fit on anything. You'd always sell it with the off colors of oh, the Lego God. blocks. Yeah, that's yeah. gross, yeah. dude. Kind of still wanted to eat it, though. What the fuck? Like these don't I'm these weird. don't hurt when I step on them. Yeah. <laughs> like what's up with that? <laughs> uh, we also get introduced to this massive quantum tunnel, which I love the design of this thing. I think it's really really cool. And of course, we're gonna see that later in uh, Luis's old van. Uh, and then they hypothesize that when uh, Scott was down there, they entangled, and he says, "Hank, I would never do that. I respect you too much." Uh, Hope tells him that uh, the wardrobe from Scott's dream was real. That's where she used to hide every single time they played that game. Then he goes, "I don't think you really got the gist of how that game played." <laughs> this is another great piece of humor. <laughs> just again, you want to talk about your your uh, comparison to Big Lebowski? Just Scott's kind of out of the loop on all of this. He isn't quite. He's not quite ever grasping what's going on in this entire movie, which is exactly where we want him to be. Yeah, he's a couple steps behind. Yeah, just yeah a couple steps behind. Uh, again, love this Hot Wheels car holder that they have, and I love that he pops it out and put the van in and everything. Very economical and also makes me pop from when I was a kid. Uh, they need Scott's help to get a component that will allow them to keep the tunnel, tunnel powered up. This is where we start getting into like, we got to get the MacGuffin to get the MacGuffin to get the MacGuffin. And it's like, all right, I guess we have to have reasons for these people to go on adventures. But this is kind of, this is one where it starts feeling like, you got to do what to get the this, this moment, I, I have the exact same note, is the movie goes from having nothing going on to way too much going on. Too much like, going on. In one scene. It's we got to get the key because the key's a map to the thing and the thing's in the thing and the thing's, and you're like, okay. And then if you hold the dagger, you, you, you got to be standing in that right star. spot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. You're standing three feet away. It, yeah. <laughs> how do we know? It's the force. It's the force, guys. the force. <laughs> anyway, sorry, don't, let's not get into that. Uh, let's see. So Hank shrinks down the building and loads it into the van. Again, I love this. Is my, this might be my favorite joke slash effect because the building goes down. And you're like, oh, that's awesome. Of course, he could shrink the building down, but he built a handle into it like a carry-on suitcase, so we could wheel it around. So there's a giant carry-on handle, yeah. handle in the building, in the and building. it looks even cooler when it is enlarged by the end of the movie. The problem I have with this, I just, uh, you know, my annoying mind just immediately goes like, is everything like bolted down in that place? Because this thing gets, this thing gets fucking knocked around a lot near the end of the movie. Is, I mean, are she just flying in there? When Andy, you make it larger, is everything just all over the place? Let's talk about it right now. How do you think of shit? Where's the plumbing go? You gonna put? They put it out. <laughs> let's, let's talk about what's on everybody's okay. mind. All right, let's talk about in the building. Where you, you go in the building. They, uh, they can you, have a septic tank. You go in to it. in the building. Yeah. What about the water? You got to have water tank in that thing, too? 
I mean, yeah, you would. Yeah, you'd have to. You know what, okay. Kev? Yeah. Problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> I Problem solved. They could take this building into space, basically. Really it must be pressurized. I just always think own self my brain is dumb. I'm like, well, how do they hook up the toilet so you can take a kiki? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how it goes. I think they just flush all their shit into the quantum tunnel, right? I mean, they, they do. do. Yeah. That's why Kang's so pissed Miniaturize off. Miniaturize it. <laughs> oh, man. He's like, stop flushing your shit. <laughs> uh, uh, Ghost, of course, is there watching, and she's like, ominous. And you're like, why don't you just go and take... Take them now, but they gotta get. I guess they gotta get the other thing. Uh, Hope goes into a meeting with Walton Goggins, who we all love. Who's great in everything. Great, just yeah. but again, they but give him nothing to do. That's with why this movie. I'm so sad about just it because nothing. like I, I, Eric, one of my big things that I always bums me out about um, these MCU movies is like whenever an awesome actor is cast as an awesome villain and they're killed off, and you're like, we're never gonna see him again in the MCU, and I just want more of them in this universe, like. I would have loved to see Walton Goggins as like anybody else, maybe anybody. like a key person. He's such a good He's so actor. Good. And I, you, yeah, I feel I feel the same way about like people like Sam Rockwell, who didn't get killed off, but like has just been absent from right. the MCU. And Justin Hammer was perfect. Justin Hammer he was perfect. perfect. I mean, he's a perfect human being. You're He's right. a perfect You're right. character. He was probably going to get more of him soon, right? Yeah, but I, I don't know. That was a bad example. I'm thinking of, like, I've said it in a lot of other reviews. But I mean, you I'm see like, it in this movie with the Larry Fish, for one. Yeah. I think he could fish, do so man. much more yeah. than, than Goliath or Bill Foster, who doesn't even get to be Goliath in this. Uh, and then Bobby Cannavale in both these movies. I think, I mean, so Boardwalk good. Empire, season three, Jip Rossetti, one of the best HBO villains I've ever seen. That guy is amazing. He's yeah. so good and i like his character in this but he could be, he could be doing so much more got for the yeah. mcu he's got chops for sure Eric, I, I, I gotta oh, go for it yeah, oh, i got a question for you who do you think sonny birch's employer is because i feel like this is a question that's changed yeah. over time one of the writers at one point stated that that he believes norman osborne is the employer but that was a pre no way home time out yeah there's different. no oscorp in the mcu or the 616 reality i guess but yeah i mean we've done a bunch of theories on this and one thing that i really find interesting now from rewatching is he says quantum energy is going to be the new gold rush that's the future uh which i'm like okay well we just saw what kind of forever and now vibranium is the natural resource everyone's fighting wars over quantum ore i think is fascinating from we that's something i'll be exploring in the deep dive this idea of quantum ore sylvie when they prune her in the first episode of loki is digging for quantum ore my thinking is wow. is that Kang's energy supply, the future that he uses to power all of his tech, he's got it buried in deposits everywhere, like Ron Swanson and his gold. So <laughs> that's what I'm thinking, that quantum or quantum energy is really the key to it. And if so, his uh, buyer may be Kang, Q-E-N-G. That's one of Kang's variants, and we saw that on one of the, the building Stark Stark star Towers tower, in the yeah. Void. Oh, yeah. wow. So I think, uh, I think that's his employer. I think there exists a Kang variant in the 616 MC right now, and I think that is the person who bought Avengers Tower. Can you imagine if Greg Miller was sitting there and I asked him, what's your theory on who? <laughs> well, Tim, let me tell you. <laughs> One question. Is, is uh, the MCU the 616, or was that just a lie that, uh, what's his face, Mysterio said that, right? Oh, he when he of- said it, it was a lie. It was confirmed by Multiverse of Madness when it was, or at least that's their designation for it, the Baxter Foundation. They said, you come from Earth 616, oh, we're yeah, in yeah, Earth 838. Yeah. I mean, still, if you talk to like Iman Vellani and a lot of others, they're like, well, it can't be 616. She's the on the right side of history. She knows. And I get the debate. I totally hear them. Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal, great actor, too. Great actor. Yeah, great yeah, actor. Yeah. So Bring cool. him back. Go go for it, Nick. Uh, Walton Goggins, great. Calls her out. He's like, Susan. Keeps using her first name, Susan. Of course, he knows she's Hope Van Dyne, and he wants He's like, now, now it's going to cost you. I want in on Hank's tech. Uh, but Hope Bounce, he's like, oh, no deal. So Hope bounces, and then she comes back as the Wasp. First time seeing her in the suit, which is great. She beats their asses, and we get a cool fight scene in the kitchen. 
I love this. I love it too. Not a lot of fun. not a lot of stakes uh, in the kitchen fight scene. Uh, a lot of steak knives. Uh, yeah, but uh, but fun and obviously an awesome like watching her run on the knife, watching her like dodge all that stuff. Super cool, super fun. And then of course the uh, the big salt shaker always gets me. The big awesome. salt shaker and the big Pez dispenser are the ones that always get me in these movies. You could you could play with that shit all day. It's one reason why like when you and I played uh, it takes two. When Nick and I played through that, mm-hmm. I'm always a fan of like. How do we make the small stuff look gigantic and massive? And they pull off the CGI so well. It's so fun. Yeah, I remember every time you 1v1 me in that game, it was like a tie across the board. Nope. <laughs> it sure wasn't. It dominated you every time. <laughs> I don't like it. I hate it. <laughs> I, I love the VFX that they do in this sequence. It's like one rare time where like I think Marvel VFX is actually like serving the purpose of the action. And it's actually thought out with the practical stunts that they're doing. How how Wasp uh, slides across the table because like she's sliding on the grains of salt mm-hmm. that have spilled, I think, are really fun. And there's a specific shot where the guy throws the knife at her, and we go into slow-mo, and she runs across the blade of the knife, and then entering frame are two more knives. So I'm like, how fast did this guy <laughs> throw knives? And, and they VFX Three the, the same time. arm down. So like as he's throwing it, they VFX his arm down so that it would justify his ability to grab the next one to throw it. Wow. So the amount of work they put in there just to justify it still doesn't make sense. With <laughs> no one can that way too all. fast. No one makes sense at all. Yeah. Uh, Knife dispenser in his chest. Yeah. Hope takes the quantum component, uh, but Ghost intervenes and can phase through stuff. Hank gets Scott a new suit and he runs in to help. Uh, but the suit, of course, is experimental, so the regulator's all wonky wonk. Whatever happened to us? Uh, those were the days, he says, as they uh, this whole thing uh, uh, just kicks off, which is hilarious. He's just like, there's not the time for this right now. Uh, Ghost steals the lab from Hank and bounces uh, with no other alternatives. They turn to uh, Louise and the team at XCON. One of these days, I'll learn the guy's name, but I'm just going to call him Polka Dot Man and T.I. I love those oh, two Kurt characters. David. David Dusmalchian. Dusmalchian. Who's coming back in Quantumania playing a different character. Good. He's, he's doing a CGI voiceover character. Oh, something. good. Yeah, That's good not playing him. Kurt. He was just everything as Polka Dot Man. So good. Just everything. Uh, they theorize on what Ghost was, and Polka Dot Man says uh, he's the Baba Yaga. <laughs> and I, I could just hear Andy go, yeah, John Wick yeah. coming out. <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> Another line that I loved here is was Lewis uh, being like, who would think that once again we would be here in your moment of need? <laughs> and it's just like the, his delivery yeah. is so good. <laughs> he do, okay, Always smiling. Michael yeah. Pena does the thing later, where and he does this a lot. But he does this thing later that it sticks out when he's talking to Hope in the van. And he turns to her and says this incredibly like salient thing. And it's sad. And he's smiling. And then he looks forward. He looks forward and keeps smiling. smiling. <laughs> I know exactly. And it's, so, it's so him. And it's so funny. And he did it in the first movie. And I just want him. Just give him more roles so he can just do that more yeah. often. Yeah. It's so good. Anyway, they head over to, they head over to Bill Foster's place. Uh, played by The Fish. Billy That's fish. right. Billy fish. Larry Fish. Larry Fish. <laughs> now, a, a little uh, fun fact about uh, the fish here is when we get the flashback scene of when him and Ghost were, were young, it's actually Lawrence Fishburne, Fishburne's son playing him. And they like did the, uh, that's how they did the de-aging so well. Uh, Very cool. That worked out well. Looks good. Uh, uh, they had there, and of course, uh, Fish and, and Douglas, we, they do not like each other. They don't like each other. But I will say, Michael Douglas and Lawrence Fishburne, great chemistry. As these two guys would watch a buddy cop movie with these two guys yeah. teaming up to do something else crazy later. Uh, you know, I mean, I would love to see a retro 60s era version of, uh, of Ant-Man and Bill Foster of like the old Hank Pym Ant-Man with like a 60s Fantastic Four, like a good like kind of Silver Age. Yeah. You know, I think that'd be really fun because they talk about their past. He's like, I got up to 25 feet. I'm like, yeah, I want to see that. I think that's more interesting than you being a college professor. Yeah. 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 Um, also, what was up with that guy with all the keys in that one room with all the monitors? 
That's a Matrix reference. <laughs> got it. Got it. Okay. Matrix yeah, reference. Damn. Yeah, my, was here where my mind's at? Matrix Reloaded reference. Yeah. yeah, not even a Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see bill and hank are still angry at each other bill and scott compare sizes which is funny i love that little geek out on that then the fbi comes and bill points them in the right direction uh he he basically is like hey, you guys could do this thing with this thing and you get the thing uh but the idea I, won't I, work on. unless they one, have the- one scene i don't want to blow past is that we look like ourselves in baseball hats Mm. When they're all like so sneaking good. into the school and it's undercover, and it's just like this is just this is perfect meta humor, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I did skip over uh, one point that goes head back, heads back to hide out and sleeps in her uh, like hyperbolic like phase chamber. Which did anyone care or know what was going on? With I mean, this? I, I extrapolated that I was like, oh, she can't control the phasing and has to sleep in this thing um, to help her with the phasing. Yeah, I, I like that they linked it to the quantum logic. I just when she went into her backstory, I was like, yeah, yeah, we're not in the Lebowski movie anymore. We have to like mm. care about this character. I yeah, just, I don't no, think they did but a good we job don't because the, the backstory is so generic and makes yeah. no sense and is stupid. But right. uh, but but I uh, I think one other thing that really bothers me about the backstory is that the backstory happens after she's introduced in a way that like I I want everybody to go back to watch the moment when they eventually break in. And she gets out of her little bed and she like has them both kidnapped essentially at this point. And she does this like kind of typical unsettling freaky villain thing where she's looking at Scott and she's like, I'm going to fucking do some shit to you, Scott. Yeah. And it's like, and, and it's like, I feel like they gave her five takes as to like, all right, be super brooding, be really pissed off, be really like uh, sympathetic, be really creepy. And like, you know, sort of like the way Joker makes us feel whenever we watch him on screen. And they kept the take that just like immediately doesn't match up with any of the rest of the way her character acts the rest of the movie. She's introducing like this really kind of creepy, oh, I don't know, you don't know what the fuck I'm at. I'm phasing all over the place. And then immediately she's like, here's my backstory. It's fucked up. And it's like, but who were you in that like five minutes ago? You were somebody completely different. It's really, really odd. I don't know why I'm like hyper-focusing on it, but it's weird as shit. I mean, what I would have loved, and I thought when trailers were coming out for this, it looked like when she phase shifts, and this is more of a, you know... A compliment to the VFX workers who work on the, these movies, who are the real unsung heroes. Like you see, different versions of her that are doing different things. Like at one point, she goes through glass doors, and like she doesn't need to; she can phase shift through it. But one of her alternates like pushes open the doors. So I'm like, that's so cool to have a version yeah. who's like quantumly screwed up, and then she's living in different timelines at the same time. Multiplicity, my whole key. Yeah, right. <laughs> None of that happens in the movie. She's just mm-hmm. like, it's like something that she at sometimes is master over, and sometimes right. she's a slave to. And that could have been a cool device to play with. Yeah. yeah, and they didn't really at all. It's also, and obviously we're Monday morning quarterbacking here, but it's obviously interesting drawing the parallels between her and like uh, Black Widow, right? You have this character who has got this thing and is used by the government, trained to be an assassin, and all these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I always find to be it's tried and true, but I always think that's that's more interesting than anything she's doing in this film. Like, wait, yeah. how did that happen? Yeah, show us. You've that. got this phasing tech, and they promised you they'd they'd cure you, and you have to go kill for the government. That's a that's an interesting and dynamic situation for you to be in. And also, it would have been cool if she got she got to fight Black Widow. But that's just me making fan fiction. Right <laughs> also, the hood kind of unnecessary, right? I think it's so cool. It looks uh, cool, but like, what does it do? Like, it doesn't it's even so animated. <laughs> it doesn't even. It's move. Bay Area. You need to <laughs> keep that moisture out. If the water gets in the face, and that phases through your brain. Oh, yeah. okay. I kind of wanted her to have like a ghost like baseball hat, like they like exactly a, the same material. <laughs> I, I got some uh, some ghost facts here uh, in oh, the good. film or villain facts in general here. But uh, in some the film, 
apparitions or <laughs> found in houses. <laughs> the father of Ghost is revealed to be Elias Starr. In the comics, Starr is the villain known as Egghead, an evil scientific genius and arch enemy of Ant-Man, the Hank Pym Ant-Man. Uh, so we, we don't really see much of her dad in this, but we kind of see him from what we see, be a good guy, like trying to solve and save the situation. Yeah, but bringing his wife and daughter to work at a very dangerous so, okay, maybe, yeah, Why are maybe they not, there? <laughs> yeah, wait, why the fuck I are they? Why isn't she in school that Take day? Take your daughter to school day. My wife's yeah. only been to in the studio day. one time. It's been hoping for two years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then this marks the second MCU film after Thor Ragnarok to have a female as the leading antagonist. Uh, Ghost is male in the original comics and has never actually crossed paths with Ant-Man in the comics. Mm. Ghost is a Iron Man bad guy. Mm. Same as Sonny Birch. So just interesting uh, MCU stuff. Um, eventually, Ghost, the male version of the comics, becomes an anti-hero after joining a, a team of superhumans called the Thunderbolts. Oh, and wow. It's all coming Thank together. You, mm-hmm. And I think Elias Star Egghead is part of the original Intelligentsia, too, right? So, like... Yeah, I was just like, well, now Egghead can't be part of that because you cast this one weird, like, horrible subplot in a movie and he's, like, part of it. So you'd have to, like, come up with a new version of Egghead in the MC, which I don't know. I don't know if anyone's clamoring for Egghead. Hey, this new guy, he's Egghead now. <laughs> cool. I guess Done. so. I mean, this is what they're doing with MODOK. It kind of yeah. sounds like, right? Weird. But we'll, we'll wait and see how that one plays out. Uh, let's see. Of course, uh, he's like, Bill's like, you got to have this thing, yada, yada, yada. But it's all predicated on the fact that they need the old suit. And Scott, of course, destroyed the old suit. Or so we all thought. Mm-hmm. And I love that line where he's like, how could you destroy the old, my old suit? That's my life's work. And he's like, well, yeah, yeah. And at this point, he's like, well. And he goes, I thought you destroyed it. He goes, I couldn't destroy it. It was your life's work. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. it's so great. Another yeah. great line delivery from the Rudd. Uh, let's see. He's like, but I hit it in the trophy. When they go to find it, he's like, damn it. Cassie took the trophy to school for, uh, for a show and tell. So they head over to Cassie's school. This scene is hilarious. Could have been better, though. Because nothing really happens in it. I am. They sneak in. He. It's just. The, it's just an excuse to have the, the the him small joke, which is hilarious. But I. There could have been one more beat of dramatic tension somewhere in this scene that really would have sold the fact. Like I thought the prince of the cat. The guy was gonna like pick him up or something. Like move him back into class. But we just get the hall monitor. Who's like whatever. I'm done. I'm over. I. I am so shocked you're saying this, Nick, for a couple of reasons. One. I love, like, the moment that it was like, uh uh-oh, the trophy's at the school. It's like, that is just so funny. That now Ant-Man with a fucked up suit is going to have to go to this kid's school. Like, I just love that as an idea. Let comedy ensue. And that is exactly what happens. Comedy fucking ensues. And I legitimately thought, watching this, the first time and this time, I was like, there is nothing in the world that Nick Scarpino is going to find funnier than this scene. So oh. it hurts me. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh, no, it's hilarious. It's arguably one of the funniest scenes in the whole movie. I mean, doesn't it just seem like the most Nick thing It really thing does. Ever? Yeah, no, it really does. No, no, no. What, what really reminded me of Nick is Paul Rudd doing Hope Van Down and being like, sweetie, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> like all that stuff just <laughs> died in those scenes. Man. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Anyway, lovely scene. I just thought, obviously, the point of the scene was to kind of put him and in, in, uh, in Hope in that, that closet together and rekindle their relationship and all that stuff, which we happened. But I thought, oh, he's for sure going to run into his daughter here. and She's going to see him or whatever. And it just that he just kind of runs and gets the thing and runs out. Whatever. Yeah, doesn't it break the logic, too? This is, like, the first time we see him with his helmet. Like, his head is yes. exposed to open air, and he's big and small. He's got, like, a small head. Like, I I believe in the 2015 film, the logic is everything contained within the Pym Tech of the yeah. suit. It's a You're closed right. system. They did say that. And then that. They, they still get away with it in the Ant Van, because you can imagine the van itself is, like, airtight, and it has, like, whatever the Pym technology running through it. Here he's just, like, walking around with a big head and a big face. Isn't a prototype suit, though? 
They do mention a prototype suit, but like the logic still is, is unexplained. It has to be in his bloodstream at that point to where his body can grow big and small. It's not contained. Like that's not enough for me to just to say it's a new suit. Yeah. Like well, maybe to, it's because like, he was in the quantum realm and they can fucking say whatever the hell they want. Yeah. They and, and in the comics, he can be big and small. So I guess you know it's not that big of a deal. But it's just like this is the MCU where they up until this point really tried hard. It's just the the resizing technology is always the biggest. Uh, gripe for me with like the logic of it. You gotta just let it go. I guess he told. Yeah, you you nailed the perfect point of. You, you gotta assume this the van is lined with whatever technology it is. Because I thought the same thing when they when Hope and Luis go small. I'm like, how are they okay? How are they like <laughs> fine in there? <laughs> you think they're just gonna get crushed? As not, no, no, no. Small? I just think like I don't know. You're. It's it's just weird. It's weird. I was like, he doesn't have a suit. How is he just chilling in there? Whatever. The, uh, the last thing I want to say, Nick, before we sure. move on from this school scene is I, I love the music here. I love the, like, 8-bit video game yeah. version of the... It's funny as little Paul Rudd. I'm going to rewatch that when I get home again. It's Yeah, and and then we get the final comedic beat when he gets in the car, and he's like, hey, champ, how was your day at school? Do you want a juice box and a string cheese? And he goes... You really have that, <laughs> <laughs> but it's such a perfect. It's a perfect delivery because do you really? Like, I'm hungry. <laughs> Which is great because you know that's justified. When you do resize, it takes a lot of energy if you've gotten bigger, and he right. did get bigger at one point. And he always needs like oranges or something yeah. to recharge afterwards. Uh, I do love that. I, lo- I love that 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 comes back and plays to play later. Of course, when he falls asleep when he's been massive, which is cool. <laughs> uh, they fire up the suit and they find the lab. Hope and Scott take a moment to flirt with each other, uh, and they have a little banter. So you know, she's like mad at him obviously because he went to Germany. He's like. Are you mad at me because I went? Or are you mad at me because I didn't invite you? And if I had invited you, would you have gone? And she goes, well, we'll never know. But if you had, if I had gone with you, you would never would have gotten arrested. It's nice. little flex on him. Like, come on. Yeah. You got to take me with you. Uh, 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 let's see. Oh, here we go. Scott names his new flying aunt Ulysses S. Grant, which <laughs> has to be the most Andy-ass line anyone's ever written into a movie. Antonio Banderas, man. Rest in peace. All right. Uh, they sneak in uh, in to get their uh, the suit or the lab rather, and they get knocked out by Ghost. Ava doesn't need the suit to phase; it helps her control it. She needs, it. and then we get the whole backstory on Ava, which we've talked about a little bit. Uh, she needs what's in Scott's head, though. She needs to know where Janet is because Janet's got the energy that she needs, and then she's going to tear Janet apart to stay. Blah 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 blah, blah blah. Which do we blah. know how she knows that? Bill told her presumably, Bill but I don't know her. how Bill. But I mean, presumably Bill and and Hank. Confided, or he confided in Bill, and he was like, "Janet's stuck there." And he's like, "Okay, I guess we find Janet." And now he knows. But did he know? But did they know that Janet's still that Janet alive? Janet was still alive. Yeah. And how would Ava know that? Because Bill, presumably, this is the first time Bill's hearing about any of this. I don't know. Right, like Hank and uh, Hope didn't even know until recently. Yeah, and yeah. So it's 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 a whole thing. And this is where we get the I need what's inside your head, Scott. <laughs> and like, okay, but you're not that character in like five minutes from now. Yeah. Like, are you Scarlet Witch in Age of Ultron? Yeah. Like, yeah. What's happening? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, of course, we get more backstory. Bill was, you know, working for Shield, and he was like, I'll, "I'm going to take care of you." But he did his best. But Shield weaponized her. I guess or, or, was he working for Shield? Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, he, he, was, he was working mm-hmm. for the government. And then uh, Cassie, Cassie texts nine one one. The whole scene stops because everyone's got kids to a degree. Of this, so they all just know your kids texting nine one one. And I love this character moment, but it also kind of serves to deflate a lot of the tension later because you're like. None of these people are bad people. They're not really going to go through any real extreme. But it's hilarious because she texts nine one. She's like, "I can't buy my shoes. I can't buy my soccer cleat or whatever it is." <laughs> he's like, oh, "Okay." I mean, that, uh, that is an important thing to bring up. Is like we don't like Ghost as a, a antagonist in this, and she really is an antagonist. Does a couple bad things for sure. A lot of pe- putting people at risk and things. But at the end of the day, she's just trying to stay alive. Like, well, not not only that, it's just to not die. <laughs> there is a moment where she goes. She has to like every 
antagonist in any of these goes, I have to take it up a notch. And that notch is, he's got a kid. I'm going after the kid. And Bill goes, no. And she goes, okay, yeah, you're right. Cool. And doesn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's I, I understand like somebody somewhere along the production line was like, you can't have her kidnap a child if we want her to be an antihero later on the right. Thunderbolts, right? You I, can't. There, there is a li- there is that like magical line of like yeah. of of a, a protagonists what they can and can't do, and that might be a step too far for that. Antagonist. But uh, <laughs> I think one of the better ways that, that this sort of character archetype is played is uh, Yelena in Hawkeye, like the fact that she is like, no, I got. I gotta fucking kill Jeremy Renner. Sorry, like revenge. And then we here we have uh, um, I'm already blanking on her name. Who's in Hawkeye? Yeah, the fact that Kate Bishop was like, no, you can't fucking kill him. We gotta like, no, 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 do that. Like, I just love that the kind of humor in that character of like, sorry, gotta kill him. Here we are having this funny elevator scene. I wish there was more of that in Ghost when it, it's just kind of played all off. It's it feels like they just kind of yeah. rolled the dice and said, how do we want this character portrayed? You know. Uh, of course, uh, Bill wants to extract the quantum energy. Janet has been absorbed for the last 30 years to stabilize Ava, but it could also kill Janet. So we're like, we can't do that. Then they pull a fast one on Bill with the whole heart medication. He's like, they're in the Altoid things. And we set that up earlier because Scott wanted an Altoid in the van. He's like, no, don't touch that. Those are my Altoids. Uh, and of course, they're not Altoids. They're, they're ants that are triggered to explode and, and enlarge and, and uh, take everything over. Which is just so great. Like, I love it when movies do this. They set it up as a joke. It works on its own as a joke where he's like, no, you don't get any of my Altoids. They're my Altoids. But, right. no, it's perfect. But it's also I, a misdirect because it could have been his heart medication. Right, so, yeah, and he didn't right, want right. to say that to him so yeah. he didn't want to feel vulnerable. I, I love uh-huh, this. Uh-huh. The ants popping out the music playing. It has a very, very like, 1960s Batman comic book vibe to it that I, I think pops up in this movie a couple times where they're just having fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they managed to escape with the building, and then Hank tells all of them, "He's like, I, I, I didn't screw over a lie star. He was actually a traitor, and I just exposed him, and he stole plans and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And he deserved what he got." Uh, Scott gets a call from Louise uh, to fix something on the plans for the big pitch, uh, but Birch interrupts them to find Lang and wants to use a truth serum. So he tells Louise, "Like, look, we're out in the middle of the forest. Come out here. I can't leave." And then, of course, we get the truth serum moment, which. In the hands of a lesser actor, <laughs> would not have played as well. So true. But this is just great. It's, it's great. Just great. Like I think that one of the biggest crimes the MCU has committed thus far is leading into Endgame not having Luis do a whole plot recap of the MCU. I know. Like, that can you imagine just starting from the beginning and just going to one day we might get it? I'm still holding out hope. Maybe, but you'd have to get all the actors back. Yeah, you have to get them all back to do the mouthing thing because that's it. the funniest. It thing It just ever. sells. That's true. And <sighs> it's the bongos. Right, yeah. right. You got bongos on this like, shit, yeah, and, they, and and they the fact that they lead back in after he's interrupted initially, and they're like, "Well, it's because we went, to, we you know, we were in jail together." <laughs> and, we fucking, and then <laughs> the fucking bong, it's so God. great. I mean, and we credit Michael Pena with it, which we should because he's the reason it all works. But it is a full team win. They get they let like small eighth build cast members in the first movie do it, just mm-hmm. small like day players. Now you get everyone in on it, and it's just so fun to see the cast play with each other. That's one thing I love that like Endgame does and Loki does, Thor the Dark World did, is you get to see like Tom Hiddleston's impre- or Chris Hems- or Chris Evans' impression of Tom Hiddleston, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's just so fun to see all the actors play with each other that way and make fun very, of each other like that. Very, very true. Uh, let's see. Bill tells Ava she only has weeks to live uh, to live so, uh, left, so Ava wants to go after Cassie, but Bill's like, no, you can't do that. Uh, Luis tells everyone that Lang's in the woods, and Ava overhears it. Birch calls in a tip to the feds because he's got a he's got a plant there, uh, so they can go through the lab. And he tells Randall Park, and Randall Park is like, oh, okay, let's go get him. And tries to cover up a screen because he's he's practicing close up magic. Close up magic. I forget what is the uh, online close up ma- magic university or whatever it is. 
Yeah, it's a real magician. I can't remember the guy's name, but it's oh, like a real really? like magician That's from like awesome. the Magic Castle in L.A. Who uh, makes me so happy. Who like I don't know if he teaches classes like that, but like it's fun on the on the side menu. It's like you can do misdirection, you can do snapping tricks, and it's like <laughs> stuff where it's like you can see connections in Endgame, and that's how they get Thanos. Like there's like a snap, there's like a misdirection with stealing the the stones. Oh, that's like, awesome. Yeah, there's like a, a lot of fun stuff there. Uh, of course, we're back now. We've got all the tech we need to fire up the tunnel, and that is exactly what they do. But it doesn't work. Scott doesn't receive any messages. Something goes wrong. Uh, and then Scott channels Janet, and she fixes the algorithm, but she's not Scott anymore. She's Janet now. Janet's in Scott's body. And Scott's doing his best, Michelle Pfeiffer. I stand by the fact that I wish they could have just done at least a visual cut of like looking over him. They, the characters yeah. are seeing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. him, but we are seeing Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, yeah. Because I think that would have been given her another moment to have a little bit of chemistry with someone around her that's not a green screen at the time. But Wait, where do you think Scott went in that moment? Was he just like pinned against a wall in his brain? Like <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> where does his soul go? Is it is he just like being held down and he's like, Yeah, I like this, mama. He was playing he was playing electronic drums, like in a different kind of like Doctor Strange. You know, when Doctor Strange gets knocked out of his body, he's Oh, he's in an astral plane. Yeah, yeah. okay, there but we he go. This, <laughs> this is actually interesting because it's not, or at least we don't expect it to be quantum entanglement where this happens next, but we know in the Marvels they're going to do the character swapping thing that we even saw oh. teased in the post credit scene of Miss Marvel. Marvel where Captain Marvel yeah. and her switch spots. So I, we assume we're about to get a whole movie of Monica Rambeau, Miss Marvel, and Captain Marvel Friday. playing as each other this way too. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Janet, of course, tells Hank to follow her voice to find her bullseye. They lock onto the source of the coordinates. Uh, and again, to your earlier point, when we start looking around, Hi, Jelly Bean, all of, I love that. I love it. Well, I love that she calls her Jelly Bean, and then he Peanut. calls Cassie Peanut. Yeah, yeah, great. Uh, but all of the production design for inside this lab is great. We see all of like the things flipping. That's where we see like some of the uh, some of the all the toys and the paper clips and stuff like that. Uh, and I want to correct myself. Someone in the in the comments corrected me that yes, Duplo is also made by Lego. It's the same oh, company. Yeah, I understand, but there is we all know that there's a knockoff version of Mega Legos Blocks. that are out there. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Um, but Thank also. Hey, Captain uh, Semantics in the chat, you're banned. I don't know who no, that. No, no. But you are a guest Lifetime here. You will not, you will I not, love, I'm a know-it-all. I'm that guy. I knew that. I appreciate that. <laughs> will not be that. corrected while you're sitting next to me, a person who was wrong consistently all the time. <laughs> okay. And it's not a matter of me liking you or not liking you. It's protection for myself. Okay. <laughs> we can't start that vibe here. Let's talk about what we're all thinking. How are they pooping? <laughs> How are they taking a poop? It's a great moment. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this out there. <laughs> uh, then we get a ticking clock, of course. Hey, you only got two hours. Otherwise, the, the probability fields are going to shift, and it won't be a, you won't be able to find me for another century. And it's like, okay. All right. Sure. Cool. Another century. It's only been 30 years or 40 years, but whatever. It's another century. Also, does she age down there? She does. I think. I guess we'll see well, in Quantum Mania. I think she must. Yeah, because we have to. Oh, we saw in the beginning of this movie, she was young Michelle Pfeiffer from the 80s, and then she's... Old Michelle Pfeiffer, yeah. thirty years later. But then, logically, and maybe it's I'm right. It's I'm right mechanics. here with you, Nick. I'm right here. With Scott Lang gets out of, of yeah. the quantum zone and goes. It's been five minutes for me. It was five years for them. He only time dilated because within the quantum realm, there's a separate structure of the time vortex. So you can live in the quantum realm, but there's these other areas called time vortexes that he went into and Janet never did. So Janet aged thirty years, whereas Scott, he while he was in the quantum realm, he slipped into a separate hole. The time vortex, and that's how he time dilated. Okay. 
follow up. I, 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 you're right, though. It is confusing. <laughs> well, no, because they mention the time vortex. There's a throwaway line. He says, don't get stuck at the very, very end. He says, don't get stuck in a time vortex. Well, I guess that's how they set this up. I think or we'll that, never get you back or something like that. Which I think her confusion over that is how it's justified. Is She said, we won't be able to help you if you get sucked into a time vortex. In her mind, she's like, she knows it's a time vortex, but knew enough about it not to go anywhere near it. Whereas in her mind, one of these other, like, Zeb or, or Quaz or one of these other people <laughs> in the quantum realm just fell into it. And it was like, baby Jessica never made it out. Like, mm-hmm. so that's why she, it's like a ghost story to her. Got it. Okay, perfect. Perfect, perfect. Uh, uh, it's not perfect. It's bad logic. You're right to question it. It's yeah. not well spelled But it is out. stuff, too, that even in the first movie, we see a little bit of, like, the city in the background as they're swing- yeah. sh- shrinking, shrinking mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's like, I, I, I imagine Quantumania is going to answer some of these questions, but... It's probably just going to make it. You're right. You see, you see Wasp's shadow when when uh, Scott is going is shrinking real down. Like Janet's Wasp's shadow. Yeah, Janet Wasp's shadow. But I think the idea of it is you see an echo of her existence on the other side of the quantum realm barrier, whereas Scott in that first one didn't go all the way into the quantum realm. I don't I know, guys. Say, I'm trying to help more. No, you're with making these a lot. No. I mean, obviously, look, there's logistical flaws or logic flaws in every movie. It doesn't matter. These are movies, and and they're they're for fun, but. Um, the other question I have, real question is, they set it up that he's shrinking. When you go in quantum, you shrink forever, and you continue to shrink. Is there is this just the limit? Is the quantum realm just the limit of that? You've hit it. You're like, we're not shrinking anymore? I don't know. I think the idea is you shrink, you shrink, you shrink, and the quantum realm is a another dimension, another realm, to which uh, the door to which is very, very small. So in order to go through that portal, you have to shrink really small. But then on the other side of it, it's just another realm. So it's like... It's a whole other dimension, and there might be something on the other side of that dimension. So what's too? the difference between a realm and a dimension and a universe and a timeline, <laughs> Eric? No, just fuck I, I, just I, fuck I have answers on these things, but I don't think they're right. I mean, I don't know. Kevin Feige's like, screw that guy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Nick, go ahead. How do they poop in the quantum? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we really want to know. Please All right, so we've got... over a time just, vortex. They and then, keep stringing. <laughs> they just shrink the poop out. That's not fun. I like when you, I like when you have to fight with one of them. Anyway, we we are uh, Janet's th- two hours. You got to get two hours in and out. And then Scott snaps out of him and goes, I'm sorry, nothing worked. And it's, of course, he's like, you're a dumbass. Uh, Luis calls to warn him. Uh, and he's all drugged out. And he just dogs him out about the dishwasher. He's like, they're coming. And I'm so sorry. And also, I don't like how you load the dishwasher. <laughs> Funny. Uh, man. It's great. The fam comes over to Cassie's to get Cassie's shoes over to uh, uh, Scott's house in the FBI raid. Cassie tries to cover him, but they bust in and find Scott just in the nick of time. He had to leave uh, Hope and Hank, and it's unfortunate, and they don't like him for it. Hope and Hank shrink the lab and find the FBI waiting behind it. Uh, Birch, Birch's FBI stooge arrests them, uh, and then Scott overhears that Hope and Hank have been taken into custody, and he feels real bad. I but do like that reveal when it oh. shrinks the... Uh... Sorry. Shrinks the building and you see the FBI on the other side. Yeah. That's yeah. a great piece. Yeah, that's, that's a great little visual gag. Uh, over in the forest, Ghost steals back the lab from the FBI stooge. Uh, Cassie tells Scott he needs to be, he's just like, they have this great scene. These two. Come this on. Act, this this young actor is great. She's adorable. She's like, you need a partner to watch your back. And he goes, I don't know. And he's like, I know, but she doesn't want to, you know, we have kind of a rift. And she goes, no, I was talking about me. And he goes, oh, I know, but what kind of a dad would I be? If I let you be my partner, like it wouldn't be a very, very good dad. Uh, and then he says, I don't know how I can help her without hurting you. And she and Cassie says, You can do it. You can do anything. You're the world's greatest grandma. Come on, man. Right, it's, which it's is like, such a good call. It's back. just so good. Like we always talk about in Spider-Man Homecoming that there's that collective moment in the theater when the door opens and we see, oh shit, her dad is the vulture. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, 
to me, this was one of those moments where this movie hasn't really been emotional or really heartfelt at all. Any sympathetic thing has been kind of like shoehorned in. And then you get to this moment, I'm like, am I about to cry yeah. right now? Like, this is so touching and just so beautiful. And I freaking love Cassie. She's so good in this. Great delivery. Eric, I regret to tell you, um, one of the most important pieces of kind of funny <laughs> lore, I would say, uh, is when we first reviewed Ant-Man 1 back in 2018, it must have been, leading into Infinity War, um, we were, were talking about Cassie and how much we appreciated her. And then when we were talking about Ant-Man 2, Kevin, uh, who used to be on the show, was like, oh, yeah, she's just a big kid. Like, she's a lot bigger now than she used to be. And it was like, I don't, I don't think she is. Like, you know, she's the same actress, but whatever. He's like, oh, that's a big kid. That's one big kid. And just became this thing of, that's a big kid. <laughs> and could you believe, years later, when we go watch Endgame, one of the first things that Paul Rudd says to the time-displaced Cassie is, you're so big. Yeah. And all we all us in the theater. Burst the only into people laughing. laughing. <laughs> the most yeah, emotional the moment in this yeah. movie. One, one of them. Yeah. Right, right, right. So and emotional. We're just cracking up because oh, a lot so of it funny. was due to the, the delivery of it because it had been like kind of, it had been leading up to like Kevin like describing her as the big kid. And then later on, we're trying to think of her name and Kevin goes, oh, the big kid. Yeah. <laughs> Then we all lost it. Like, so that became about? like one of the funnier moments we'd experienced here. And then, yeah, in theaters, you're so big. Oh, my God. We laughed so hard in that so, fucking theater. I mean, which felt like in that moment to me, oh, it's setting up stature. It's setting, you know, stature grows large, which I feel like poor Emma Furman. Emma Furman is so good in so that good. scene. I think she could have been the Cassie in this movie. Catherine Newton seems to be doing good work in Quantumania, so I don't want to fault her at all. I think we've had three good Cassies yeah. In, yeah. in the MCU, and I want to see all three of them in Secret Wars. I want oh to see three God. Cassies sharing the screen together in Secret that Wars. Really, they're actually. all good. They're all good. Well, do we know what the reasoning? Is it just a casting decision? Is it is like, what, was there a schedule conflict? I no. don't know. I thought Emma Furman. Yeah, might have just been Sarah Haley Finn just being like, I'm the most powerful yeah. person in Hollywood, and I have an instinct about this, and yeah. I want Catherine Newton to play this part. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Emma I mean, Furman. She, she was great in Pokemon. I really enjoyed her in Pokemon. Exactly true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Emma Furman though, like was. Surprised by this when it was announced that the other person that uh, yeah me too did she just watch that Kevin Feige Disney Plus Day stream that we all did and she's like that's not my face what (laughs) I'm sure I'm sure surprised is a a delicate way of putting it (laughs) deeply disappointed I would be hot if no one told me that anyway uh, they escape and Birch's men follow them Luis meets them at the building and says what's up Uh, like the beloved commercial what's up the, bike, Belo- the, beloved the beloved commercial, commercial. is the line. <laughs> the rest of it, I'm not like laughing too much, but it's the word "beloved" is just a great <laughs> adjective. It really is. It's, just, it's hanging a lantern on him. He's aware. They're aware <laughs> yeah. of it. Yeah. And and a, a quick shout out. You brought up SF earlier. I really appreciated that this movie. We've seen a bunch of superhero movies in SF. We've seen many chase scenes in SF. Uh-huh. I think that this movie does both of those things really well, and at the same time, and I, being born and raised here, obviously, I have a connection. Seeing SF look like SF, feel authentically SF, the streets and all that, with super epic hero music playing. I was like, this is fucking rad. Yeah. Thank you guys for getting this right. It's great. They go down Lombard Street at one point. Yeah. Have fun with it I all. I mean, it's hilarious. Every, anytime, the joke, of course, for anyone that lives in San Francisco, is it's not a very big city, right? This is not an urban sprawl like LA or New York, or like New York's bigger than this or any of these, like London, right? So every time they have a chase scene, They'll go and they'll go around a corner and it'll just be like another part of the city. Right. Yeah. But then they end up shooting every part of the city you possibly could shoot, which makes no legit. Like the, my favorite thing is The Rock, where they go over California Street and they come down and then into the Palace of Fine Arts. You're like, that's 
The so, geography of the city is so hilariously <laughs> the, I mean, um, quick side tangent. The Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I watched it. I was still living in L.A. at that time, and I was watching it at the Vista Theater, which is just like a lot of like, it's not the New Beverly, it's not the Tarantino Theater, but it's like another one of these indie theaters that people love going to see it at. There's a part where like Brad Pitt goes down uh, the down ramp, gets on the 101 North that goes through the city of L.A., and then he before he gets on that uh, ramp, he's on a payphone. He's like, I'm in Burbank. I'll be on my way. And then he gets in Hollywood, which is on the other side of the hill, Everyone in the Vista Theater booed. It was like, no, <laughs> no, that's not. That's I mean, it was but, the 70s, guys. Yeah, it was the 70s. <laughs> it was the 70s. It's a California have thing. That we're, all, <laughs> we're all obsessed with city layout and route, very, and that's just true. a thing. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, oh, I wrote a line in here. I guess I'll read it because I wrote it in here. I said, that's Luis true. makes that look, goes to the building and says, "What's up?" Like the beloved commercial. And now I'm going to say that a lot to Andy until he vomits. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the ants stop. The ants stop Bill and Ava, and Ava sees the trail going off. This is kind of a weird moment, and she goes, "I'm gonna go after them and stop that." And then uh, they start having to fight. Of course, uh, at that point, uh, Hank and Hope have, very, very easily take over Bill with the big ants, and it's like you got to stop this thing from going on. Uh, Hank promises to help find a cure when he gets back to help Ava, and Bill wishes him good luck. And that's the last we see of him. We yeah, don't need him just kind of, just kind of went away, huh? It yep. gone. It was such an awkward kind of. It felt awkward to watch. It was like, oh, Hank, the fucking big answer back. And he's like, hey, man, I would never hurt you. And he's like, I know. All right. See you later, brother. <laughs> like, and that's it. It's that's it. Weird. Like, I knew we were best friends still. <laughs> uh, Hank uses the sub from inner space to get small while Scott and Ghost fight it out. Uh, his regulator breaks Hank's again. Hank's outfit, though. It's, like, very reminiscent of the Endgame. Uh, very cool. The, the white time travel, the, the, the time heist outfit. Stuff. Yeah, those are yeah. awesome. Uh, while Scott and Ghost fight, Hank, Hope shrinks the building and scoops it up in the van. So we've got three planes of action happening here. Misdirection, one of the first things they teach you at Online Close-Up Magic University, of course, because he was fighting her just to keep her busy while uh, Hope could get away with the building. Was the regulator bit a bit that he was doing, or did it actually like malfunction and he had to fight her hand-to-hand in his normal size? Because he goes, oh, no, my regulator again. And then Ghost is like, oh, I can go fight him. And they fight, and she kicks his ass. And I'm wondering, did he do that? Or would, ah, did the regulator just really screw That's interesting. Because it was misdirection, right? So I, yeah, I just thought yeah. maybe he was like, oh, huh. like faking it. That's a, Because he's able to grab it again, and then it shrinks down. and then just Yeah, oh. I think you're right. I think, I mean, which would have been misdirection on us. Because throughout the movie, they're, like the, the regulator malfunctioning was like a thing. Right, right. So, so we were like, oh, it's malfunctioning yeah. again. But he's like, maybe he's doing it. I don't know. Interesting. We'll never know. Nick making astute observation. Love wow. it. What a day it is. <laughs> the, other que- the other question is, Ed, during this whole action sequence, did no one have to pee? Right? Real it's a two-hour action sequence. Someone's <laughs> got to pee. Where do they pee and poop in the <clears throat> suit? such a long... They got little quantum tunnels in yeah. there that just dumps it all yeah. Yeah. on Kang. You know, what was it? Was it the Star Trek uh, The Star Trek theory that they never poop on the Enterprise? They just beam the poop out of them? I think Kevin said that one time, and it stuck with me. He's not in the booth. Okay. Uh, let's no, I see. am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't respond. Just don't, don't want to entertain he's, that he's question. Like, I don't <laughs> want to yes-and that. that but, uh, maybe. Oh, man. Bert shows up, and uh, a chase ensues. Bert's just everywhere. Well, the signal is lost. Hank gets caught in subspace and swims with some tardigrades. Hilarious. I know Kevin loves that scene. Uh, the shrink- I, I will say... Um, I do love you, little water bears. I know you They're do. great. You know, They're with, so all, with uh, the sort of hate that the CGI has been getting lately in, in Marvel movies and even in these Ant-Man trailers where it just it just looks weird to see like them in these gigantic, beautifully rendered worlds, but it just doesn't feel like they're there. I love the way that this is all sort of shot, not shot, because CGI, and we're seeing all these sort of CG overlays on Michael Douglas looking like he's kind of like in this world. 
he looks like he's in there. And I really, really appreciate that. I understand that in Ant-Man Quantumania, you can't have this sort of filter on them the whole time. You can't film a whole movie like that. But I really appreciate the way he looks in this world as opposed to in these trailers where it kind of does look all look like these spy kids images, you know. Yeah. What I mean? Peyton Reed was saying that uh, for this second movie in particular, that the goal was for all of the effects to be like photorealistic, like that different than uh, the first movie, which they're like, we wanted to be stylized. We want to go for tilt shift more than anything mm-hmm. for this one. They're like, for the course of the movie itself, we want everything to be as believable as we can make it. Oh, I guess that's how they spent what a hundred ninety something million dollars on. I was like, where did all that money go? It's a short movie. It doesn't have that huge a set piece, but I guess all those VFX are pretty good. Uh, we get a cameo, of course, from Stanley, uh, R.I.P. Stanley, uh, as he gets his car shrunk and says, "Well, the '60s were fun, but now I'm paying for it." It's great. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah. And then Hope throws the giant Pez dispenser at Birch uh, as guys. Louis says, "You got Pez." <laughs> <laughs> Great dude. Scott's regular malfunctions again and he gets really big and then Hobbit size again. Uh Hank approaches the quantum void and then gets hit by big a big sil- hits the big silver button to go through the mirror dimension and breaks into the quantum realm. Now listen, I know I got a bunch of stuff wrong there, but I again, don't know if you're wrong. Everyone on that. be cool. Sounds good to me. Uh, uh, it was around this moment, like during the chase scene, that that I made the note that I think that this is the most underrated MCU movie. I don't think that it's amazing and that people have it totally wrong, but I think that this is the one that people are Low, they speak lowest on that like actually deserves to be a little bit higher and some of the reasons i say that is i think that any moment of it is really rewatchable and because it's so funny this might be the most tntable of the mcu movies if it's just on tv doesn't matter where it. you are in it yeah. there's gonna be some funny bits you're gonna get you can you don't need to watch the whole thing just watch for 10 minutes skip to the next thing but you're gonna have a good 10 minutes it'll be on the tv at a gym while you're on the yeah. treadmill you know You'll just is, be reading the close captioning. <laughs> are Marvel movies like playing anywhere on like cable right now? I don't think so. All like, the can time. you watch it on TBS? Or oh, TV I don't know about or? this movie, but I know that like all of the time there will be Winter Soldier on some yeah. fucking TNT I, or whatever. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I would have thought Disney would have just been like, nope, you're here. Well, but Subscribe to Disney Plus. Yep. Um, or use Joey's mom's Disney Plus. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> let's see. Louise finds her Hold on, hold on. I have to tell Tim about this other moment. So uh, our coworker, Joey, she's not here right now, but uh, Nick famously uses her mom's Hulu account. Whenever Nick wants, wants access to... Famously. <laughs> whenever Nick wants access to a I new... I watch a lot of Hulu, too. Whenever it Nick, might be the platform I use the most. Whenever Nick wants access to some sort of new streaming service, he'll go, I wonder if Joey mom, Joey's mom has that. <laughs> and we were talking about this whole slap fighting league that's kind of like been coming out lately. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's only on, I think it's only on Paramount Plus or something. And he was like, oh, we should ask Joey's mom for that. <laughs> It's like pay for a streaming you service. Have Paramount Plus. Oh, I hate you so much. Yeah, I have Paramount Plus. They'll share the password with you. I can, we get to watch the challenge. We're obsessed with the Nick's challenge. Nick's gonna have Start accounts from everybody. It's fair enough, man. Listen, it's a, it's a confusing world Andy, out there. Do you not use Joey's Hulu? No, I have my. I've had my own forever. That's I'm an adult. Wild. That's wild. <laughs> I mean, she's got she's got the family account, so there's KF shares in there. Oh it's God, that's it. <laughs> Anyway, Louise finds the remote of the lab and fires up a rally car from the Hot Wheels case while Birch's men follow. Scott destroys Birch's ca- uh, case and runs after him on foot. Uh, he spots Birch on the ferry uh, with uh, with the mini building. Excuse me. He pounces regular and gets real uh, gets small again. Then he calls in reinforcements so they keep getting eaten by uh, birds, including except for Antonio Banderas, who also gets eaten. Yeah, Hilarious. so sad. Very sad. 
the boat crew thinks Scott is a whale, and I love that visual with, he keeps with his, his feet. feet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why does he do that? <laughs> <laughs> it's such a great visual. Uh, but uh, yeah, he is not a whale, in fact. He takes the building back and then just sort of knocks Birch over. Uh, Hank goes a little nuts and sees a scary hooded figure in, ma- in his mansion, but surprise, it's Janet Van Dyne. She has a cool mask, and she uses the energy from her healing hands to bring him back. She's evolved down there, adapted, gotten all superhero-like. Now Scott is really tired. He tries to, uh, to, to bring back up the lab to the pier where, where uh, Cassie watches the whole thing unfold uh, with a massive smile on her face she, uh, from the TV. I love that. She just loves the fact that her dad as Ant-Man does not give a shit the consequences. Yeah. Great. Uh, Scott is really tired. Excuse me. Scott lands on the lab on the pier and then passes out with a big splash at the bottom of uh, the, the San Francisco Bay. Uh, Luis tries to grab the lab. But Ghost gets him first and enlarges uh, it while Wasp saves Scott and smooches him. Excuse me. Smooch. Uh, with the lab at full size, Janet and Hank ascend back to our reality. T.I. and Polka Dot Man save Luis's bacon. Uh, <laughs> and and Bill wrong. tries to stop Ava. Of course, the, the, they film the whole thing, and that's we're going to get that little payoff later. But Ava has seen the Mandalorian. This is the way, she says. Uh, such starts, is our way. Such is our call. Such is the thing we do. <laughs> uh, Ava starts the extraction, and Janet starts to phase out of existence. And Scott and Hope pull the plug and fight together to take down Ghost, but they're no match. Scott has to go big to save Hope as the interspace ship smashes into Ava, knocking her out. Uh, Hope and her mother get a teary-eyed reunion. It's very nice. She goes, no more last-minute business trips, okay? And she's like, yeah, no problem. Uh, also, she goes, hey, you know, uh, Batman Returns, very underrated movie, and you were the best part of it. Thank movie. you. <laughs> we should let you act more in these fucking Michelle movies. Michelle Pfeiffer said Michelle Pfeiffer. Okay. And she's like, wow, this is an odd bit of dialogue. It's a weird deleted yeah. scene but I agree you saw in the yeah, extended yeah, edition. Uh, let's see, Ghost gets to her feet, but Janet waves everyone off. She's like, I got this. Uh, and, and she can feel Ava's pain. She goes, it hurts all the time. She goes, uses her magic quantum fingertips to cure Ava. Yo, Ava's dude, like, this is just noise, man. Like, this whole bit here is just like... Things are happening. There's a reunion that's not emotional at all. Like, yeah. I hope seeing her mom for the first time, I should feel something. I feel nothing at all. And, oh, yeah. She but imagine these, if she had the haircut from part one. It'd be even worse. It would be worse. Yeah. But the quantum cool hair healing hair. powers, it's like, I know that they, they're literally playing and making up whatever the fuck they want. This just feels like so unnecessary. Like, it just seems like such a, a weird thing for Michelle Pfeiffer, who's not in this movie, to now be in this movie and have healing powers because she was small. <laughs> I mean, here's a quick note. What if uh, the movie, rather than Scott being quantumly entangled, what if Hope was quantumly entangled with her mom? And that Scott had some other compelling reason to, like, not want them to go in the quantum realm or something like that. Like, maybe you bring in Darren Cross. I, look, I'm Monday morning quarterback. I'm, I know. I'm just saying, like, you, you said you're right. Michelle Pfeiffer should have been in this movie more. And if, if Hope had more of a connection with her mom throughout the movie, that would have been different. To your point yeah, earlier, right, Cross. one of the reasons why I think this movie starts to get a little long in the tooth is because we don't really, like... Who's the main character? Is it Ant Man? What's the, whose journey are we on, real quick? And I would argue that the, the most compelling thing here is Hope trying to find her mother yeah. and save her, right? Yeah, and that di- and Scott that in dynamic. This movie. We don't really need Scott, but we need Scott. Oh, we need Scott. But like Scott functionally, the, structurally, right. Scott doesn't. So I think it's. I, I think who it's else is going to get small in a school? <laughs> like that's true. Fair He's right. the most fun thing to watch in the movie. I'll give you that. That is true. Um, but but I mean, I think that really kind of you know is is the reason why we don't really feel this at the end is because we really haven't seen Hope along on the journey. We haven't seen her and Janet. They haven't acted opposite each other ever on screen until this moment. So you don't really feel that, and it's unfortunate. It, it could have been a little bit better. Uh, anyway, no time for that. Luis barges in and tells him the cops are coming. T.I. and Polka Dot Man gave Birch and his men the truth serum so they confess to the cops. Scott gets the bright idea. He's like, I'm going to use my, oh my suit God, it is truth serum. as misdirection. Funny. And he puts his suit up over in the marina over on Broadway. And I know that I know that intersection very, very well, which is pretty cool. And it just deflates. And Randall's like, oh. Like oh. And then um, it just turns into um, Ferris Bueller. 
<laughs> the really race does. home. Yeah, totally I love it. Yeah. Uh, Ava wants Bill to split, but he's like, no, I'm staying by your side always, even though there are no consequences to him saying that. Because she's like, oh, okay, well, then we'll just walk over here and get a coffee. Yeah, because yeah. no one knows we exist. Literally, no one knows that I'm a thing, so it's fine. They grab a drink over to Vesuvio's, which yeah. is, can't be that far. Away. <laughs> yeah, you gotta go. You gotta go to yeah, go over to North Beach. You walk a little way. You get one of those uh, hot toddies. Very, very good. Very, very good. Uh, Maybe drop by a uh, um, um, curry up now. Is that close? Yeah. No, uh, we went to curry up. Now. Yeah, we got oh, we got really? one of the curry All the way, but I mean, so in good. Hollywood time, yes, they could drive right on the block and they're at curry up now. And you know the other thing that that really chaps my let me, lips. Let me guys? hear it. Let me hear it. Let me what tell chaps you, your lips? Let me tell you something that just chaps my hide. The parking situation here. How everyone can just find parking in San Francisco, mm. wherever they pull up to any buildings. Fucking kidding me. I don't know how they do it. I don't Lies. know their secret. With all the parklets. That's all. That's where all the CGI budget went. Yeah. <laughs> all the parking lots. <laughs> Getting, Getting the all party. the parking lots. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, the FBI rushes over to catch Scott because they're like, no, he can't possibly be there. And they find him playing rock band, completely oblivious to everything. They take his ankle bracelet off of him and said, uh, "What's it? he says, what's it like out there? Do people still dance? <laughs> It's fucking funny. And then Jimmy and Scott. such a you joke. Loki become best friends. And Luis and the team. Oh, it's the Carapatian gig. Ah, uh, wow. The big guys. reveal. The payoff, everybody. I hope that was worth it. Eric, is that a reference that you know? I don't know. No, I, I should. I, I might have known. But there's only so much room in my head. <laughs> Fair enough. And now, unfortunately, we've Wait, real quick. made Carpathian, you dumber. That was uh, from... Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, Ghostbusters 2, right? The the oh. ghost was it, like Vigo. Was, yeah, he the Carpathian. Was Vigo, the Vigo Carpathian. The Carpathian. They spell right. it different here. They spell it K A R P N T Y A N. So maybe he's a Carpathian. He's he's Kenny the Carpathian. Carpathian. <laughs> you were right there, bro. <laughs> right when I needed you, you didn't let me down. You were right there. <laughs> Uh, of course, we get the payoff because he got that gig because he wants to be in business with the ex-cons because they busted and, and uh, Birch and his guys and they're the heroes of the day. Hank moves his house to the coastline. And again, I have to wonder, how do they hook the plumbing up in this old place? <laughs> what, do they got? Septic tank. what do they got? Septic mm-hmm. tank. Who knows? Because you have to figure out, like, you didn't think about that. So at some point, like, listen, we'll take care of that tomorrow. But today, you got to go shit out in the sand. And you got to bury it deep. Real deep. They could shit in the tunnel. The quantum tunnel? You- you could just go swimming in the beach and just shit in the ocean. No, 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 that floats like, around. Uh, if you shit in the ocean, is anyone here? Good dip. Yeah, then I gotta move the house again because I'm like, this shit's gonna be there forever. I'm never gonna be. I get up, it comes up my face and all that stuff. Doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, oh. to <laughs> literally to himself. <laughs> Hope asks Cassie what she so wants to useless. be when she grows up. She goes, I want to help people. I want to be. Uh, I wanted to be his partner, but he wants you. Uh, turns out. They're at a drive-in, but it's not really a drive-in. It's uh, it's just it's in front of a laptop. They're in the backyard, and there's a big moth, and it's hilarious. Uh, then we get an awesome credit sequence, which had to have cost millions of dollars. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Is I think this credit sequence alone is like, I don't know, half the budget. It's incredible. The I modeling alone for this must yeah. have taken months. It must have taken artists months to do the little scale modeling for these things. This is CG, right? Or did they oh, actually I, do it? I, I actually don't, I don't know, know, but I mean, it's it's beautiful. It I, I'm such on. a big fan of the the main on end credits for so many of the Marvel movies because, like, even in Phase One, like they did some they really off, cool, man. elaborate, fun stuff. Yeah. But like, they really at this point are like, we're showing off. Like, let's yeah. let's make this a moment because they know that people are going to stay for the credits. Let's hire the best that. art houses to show off it's their just shit. The best yeah. shit. Yeah. I love yeah. it. In this this, one. this ranks right up there. This ranks definitely right up there. My second favorite of, of note. The Wakanda, or the Wakanda, uh, not Wakanda, Black Panther credits. Yeah. The original one of those. First one, yeah. Nasty. 
Fast, the, all yeah. the stars. Yeah. Right yeah. 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 God, that was cool. Uh, anyway, then we get the mid-credit sequence. They put a smaller version of the quantum tunnel in the back of Luis's van. Uh, they go in to collect some healing quantum particles, but Janet warns him, don't get stuck in that to time vortex. ghost friend. It's don't do that. Throwaway line. It's our ghost friend. Uh, or they can't save him. They're not going to be able to get him back. Scott goes subatonic and collects the healing particles for the new ghost friend. But uh, right when he's about to pull them out, he loses communication with him. And, of course, back up in the real world, we see the ashy particles of the snap happening to Hank uh, Janet. I mean, I just oh. got chills you saying that. Yeah. I like, know I brought it up last time when we did this because it's like the only thing I remember talking about on the interview last time. But the reaction in the audience, Haunting. being in the audience for this movie, yeah. to see the, the the fucking dust just settling and just everybody like, oh, shit. Like, oh, my God. There was no better time to be alive leading it, up yeah. to Endgame. It was so special. And, like, I, I don't know that we'll ever have that type of moment again in, in movies. Like, it was just, like, such a everything led to that. And to have this moment in the post credits following the movie we just talked about yeah. was, like, I think extra impressive because it was like such a tonal shift Perfect. that it really just like punched us in the gut. It was awesome. I'll, yeah. I'll never get tired of watching people dust and undust in yeah. the MCU. Like yeah. it's blip fiction. I want to see everyone in this universe where they were the moment of the blip and what happened. Like that moment in Hawkeye was so cool where you're right. Belova, like the world just transforms around her. That was like That's cool. an amazing WandaVision moment. As well. WandaVision, that opening scene with Monica was incredible. I mean, in Spider-Man Far From Home, right? You see the tuba player get decked by the yeah. basketball player when he returns like it's so it could be funny it could be heartbreaking it you know there's so many different ways it could have been what kind of forever was going to begin that way right before chadwick died mm -hmm. that, that was coogler's original draft is he's going to have uh, t'challa undust and realize oh nakia has my son but <laughs> she remarried some haitian dude. five years yeah and now i, got I gotta go <laughs> it reminds me of guy. it reminds me of watching uh three seasons of the leftovers on hbo yeah, 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 yeah. and just seeing like they, throughout all seasons, they eventually show you where people were and what they were doing in those moments, and it's just really fascinating stuff. There's a ton of YouTube videos out there of people timing and matching up mm. all of the That's snaps sick. and the blips at the same that. time, and it is, it's very cool to you see. You play with Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon at the same <laughs> exactly, time. Exactly, exactly. You know what I mean? But that's not the end, though, Nick. There's more. There's not the end. We get a post-credit sequence, of course. The ant is stuck in this cycle forever until he presumably starves to death when he runs out of the Cheerios or whatever Fruit Loops he's supposed to uh, uh, eat. He's playing Rock Band, and we get a super title of a screen that says, Ant-Man and the Wasp will return? Question? Oh, the drum set. Ah. Yeah, drum set. Yeah, it'll yeah, jump set right there. Yeah. Of course, there's a question mark at the end of that. So yeah. we don't know. We don't know. And Tress, I love it. Talk. This scene, I think, is another, like, following up on us as moviegoers, watching the funny movie, and then, oh, shit, they're snapped. This is so, like, scary and real. And then seeing this, you're like, oh, it's a funny ant thing. But then, like, the hearing the beep, the back of the emergency broadcast thing, it's like, Yo, this is actually unsettling. Really, really unsettling. It's so Love dark. It. And then the Ant-Man of the Wasp will return? Question mark. It's like, y'all motherfuckers got us by the God, balls, yeah. man. Awesome. They do. They that do. is Ant-Man and the Wasp, ladies and gentlemen. It is Ant-Man and the Wasp. I will say that I, I've been kind of all over the place with my hype for Quantum Mania. Like when we first got a lot of these movies announced, it was like number one on my list, I would say, for what is now phase five. Um, but the, seeing the trailers, I was like, I am, I don't know. There's something about this that isn't feeling right. Rewatching these movies, I am now incredibly hyped for Ant Man 3. What about you guys? I'm super hyped. I just want to see Kang. I just want to see like the even more evil version of what we saw in uh, Loki. Loki. Like, I just think that his performance is just so great and so like fucked up and creepy. And like, you don't even, it's one, it's definitely one of those like, he says it perfectly when he's like, "Every I'm the best of all of them. I'm the nicest of all of them. Like, that 
line has like shook me to my core and I just can't wait to see how messed up the real bad ones really are. How how afraid he was when he says, wait till you meet my variants. Yeah. It's like he goes somewhere for yeah. a second and he's like, see you soon. All oh. these guys that I've imprisoned somewhere or pruned, they must hate me now. As soon as they get a chance to get revenge on everything I've created and written, they're going to tear my script apart. And what's the worst thing for a writer is then to have the your life's work, your manifesto torn to shreds. And that's what he who remains is worried about. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited for Quantum Mania, and I think it's such a daring departure. I think for the MCU to bring in Kang in an Ant Man movie because totally. he's such a huge Avengers villain. You'd think you'd have a Captain America movie or a Thor movie or a Hulk movie or something like that, but Ant Man until now has been seen as one of the lesser tier villains. But it makes total sense for where Scott Lang has gone. You know, for been missing out five years of his daughter's life. I, I think it it's going to make a lot of sense. And I think with his daughter, with Cassie, and the relationship of Cassie and some form at least of Kang in the comics, I think it does make sense for this to be the the place they do it and it being the first of phase five like i wonder what that's going to mean like it's a little bit weird like the delineation between phases where it's like why is this five and not yeah. four like does it actually matter who knows but the fact that marvel cares enough to distinguish that like i wonder if that's them being like hey phase four it is what it is and like there's pandemic there's so many things going on here but like we're, we're in control now we'll see that's what i hope at least yeah. what about you nick where's your hype levels at uh, i mean i'm I, it's a marvel movie it's it's paul rudd it's it's going right into it so my hype levels are very very high i'm excited to see it i'm excited to watch it just these movies also from a visual perspective are, are always fun so it's always great to see them in theaters and i'm sure we'll see that i'll see this in the smallest theater possible no we're seeing this one in imax baby. Woo! Oh, baby. Woo! Oh, yeah. Maybe like the biggest IMAX screen on the West Coast. That's that. Metreon in uh, San Francisco. And Eric might be joining us. Oh, wow. Oh, that's a lot of fun. Wow. Yeah, looking um, forward to it very much so. But uh, like I was telling everybody out there, uh, next week is a very special uh, week for us at In Review because we're doing two of them where it will be both uh, the normally scheduled Magic Mike, The Last Dance, and then uh, Quantum Mania when it comes out on the Friday. We will put it up then on that Friday. You'll be able to watch live along with us. Very excited for all of that. Eric, thank you so much for joining us. Guys, I apologize so a trillion times for what the show is and what it might have Don't done Don't apologize. To you. This was a lot of fun. This is so, <laughs> I love the format. I love learning the lore of, uh, of the interview lore. It's fantastic. It's amazing. <laughs> there we go. There we go. But once again, where can people find you and why should they be excited for the deep dive? You can uh, find me at EA Voss on all socials. And you can, of course, find me on New Rockstars. I'm still going to be doing all what I've been doing on New Rockstars, Easter egg breakdowns, all that great stuff. But just the deep dive is going to be my own little passion project on the side. And I think if you've, if you've liked when I really go into like the, the themes and the filmmaking techniques that these directors use and are and like it when I talk about how I connect emotionally with it and show pictures of myself as a younger kid, a real nerd, like you're going to like the deep dive. It's going to be a more of a personal thing. And I think you'll be able to connect with it. If you have a, a long history with loving films and TV shows, I think you're really going to appreciate what we're doing on the deep dive. Well, hell yes. Nick, thank you for everything you do. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Asking the hard questions Andy won't ask. <laughs> Howard and Andy, I apologize to you as well. Yeah, <laughs> you don't need you. to be here. Yeah, thank uh, you. Let us know in the comments below how excited you are for Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. And until next <laughs> He's time, He's looking at me. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a marvelous day.